This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station, 105.5 FM, WNSP, and on the Sound of Mobile app. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Hine, Lee Shervanian, and Michael Brauner. The opening kickoff. Here are Mark, Lee, and Michael. Guys, we have again so much to get to, but I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta stop right now. Automatically, we just already started. Nothing will make a guy feel better like Lee Shervanian than getting carded. The man <laughs> got carded. How awesome is that? I always said you, you look so much younger than you really are, Lee Shervanian. Thank you. Thank you. It's you guys keep me young. It's, it's the opening so, kickoff, and Lee Shervanian got carded yesterday. It's seen, it was uh, senior day, haircut day, where I went. So they have it's a reduced price on Wednesday. I needed a haircut. I was told that by a few people here. It wasn't me. No, no, it was you, somebody else, though. Your, your hair looks stellar, by the way, today. Not quite as short as yours yet. Or, not yet. Or is it? Or is it? No, not, okay. yet, not yet. So as I was checking out, the lady says, are you over 65? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it was fun. All right. I checked. <laughs> Mark, I did research. I checked with myself. I came up with headlines today. But before we get to the two major headlines, an exciting game at Far Gymnasium last night. Wow. Uh, Mobile defeated Spring Hill in overtime. Yeah. 79-76. Uh, we'll talk to uh, Craig Kennedy of Spring Hill later on. All right, the two major stories, and we have got guests to talk about it with us as we also uh, throw it around. The NFL sent out a statement yesterday saying that juniors are now eligible for the Senior Bowl, East West Shrine, and the HBC Legacy Bowl game, which means that in the past, as you know, uh, Jim Nagy, who, by the way, will join us at 8 o'clock, will get his take on this Um Basically, the Senior Bowl, it was all seniors, although they re, they relaxed it a little bit. They could take fourth-year juniors who declared. Now it's open game for juniors who are eligible for the draft. So any, let's say, and, and I'm only throwing this name out. I'm not saying he's coming here, but like a Caleb Williams. Sure. He would be eligible to come here if he declared for the draft this year. By the way, speaking of the Senior Bowl, the first player that I understand is coming here is the quarterback, Pratt, out of Tulane. Yeah. That, well, I... I know they, uh, and forgive my ignorance here, I know they offered. I don't know if he's officially accepted, but I, yes, that was the first one to go out. So, you know, this is something we knew was coming at some point, right? We knew in the evolution of guys leaving for the draft. This has always been a topic for us here locally as whether the Senior Bowl would ever wind up taking uh, juniors. So I think at some point in the back of our heads, we knew this was going to be a day coming. I, I'm, I'm, I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, I'm, I'm not angry about it because I knew it was coming. But at the same time, I feel like those juniors that are coming out have a fairly good draft grade. Like they know they're going to get drafted. It's kind of the elite of the elite. So is it another case of? You know, that COVID year eligibility where guys are taking spots from other guys. It's a little apples and oranges there. But I feel like seniors that need the Senior Bowl, while the Senior Bowl in games like the Senior Bowl, 
help guys in their draft status, and they want the best of the very best. It's it's also a game that helps those late to mid rounders help their draft status. And again, I think those are the guys that probably get hurt the most, right? Right. The uh, like tonight, the uh, big time tr- prime time attraction: Bears Panthers. Yeah. Uh, vying for uh, first round, uh, first overall pick. Tyson Bagent will start again for the Chicago Bears because Justin Fields has not been cleared medically. He was in the Senior Bowl last year, came out of Shepherd College, Division II school. If this was you fast forward to this year, would he even be here? Players like that, uh, on Michael's Patriots, uh, that the defensive back, was it Duggan, I think? Had Kyle su- Duggar. Yeah, he had such a really good Senior Bowl, came uh, from a small college. He winds up in the Senior Bowl. He winds up being a star in the NFL. So, you know, over the years, now again, Jim hopefully we'll have, you know, some answers to this because I'm not saying what's going to happen. I don't know if they're going to go pell-mell after juniors this year. You know, As you know, they, they send out that watch list with over 700 players. Uh, he may or may not yet have a lot of commitments coming, but uh, we'll, we'll talk to him. And, you know, the first question that was asked to me was, are they going to change the name of the game <laughs> to the senior junior It's a ball? fair question now. Like, it, 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 it certainly is. And, look, this is – in, in one regard, this is we're going to talk to Jim about this. This is great for Jim because now he has more, or, or the Senior Bowl, because they have more marketing juice, for lack of a better term. Not that he needed any more to get people out there, but now you get more high-profile names. People are going to be even more interested in the Senior Bowl. I think it doubles his work, right? Because now he's got he's to evaluate a whole another class every year. Uh, I and he and from our local, he's gonna have to take them. I'm not suggesting that he won't because the others, the other games will. I just, uh, I don't know. I think it's a get off my lawn moment. I feel like some of the you 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 came up with some great examples. I think those guys ultimately get hurt so that we can make room for guys that we know are gonna get drafted early. You know what I mean? Well, again, you're gonna you're not gonna get. I wouldn't think. I, I totally. I don't really know. You're not gonna get the top juniors to come here, just like you don't get the top seniors. Sometimes they feel they don't need it if they know they're going in the first round. The other major story, Michigan. So a lot has come out. Paul Feinbaum is early today at six thirty. Changed his schedule to accommodate us, and I know he's been interviewed, and and maybe that's what he's. He's got some ESPN uh, interviews coming up today. Maybe that's what it's all about. So the latest, and I reached Dan Wenzel yesterday, although he didn't stay on the line with me very long. I was hoping to get him. But he and Ross Dollinger keep pouring out information. And the latest is that Michigan has responded to the Big Ten uh, letter, basically said that, they have no grounds to punish Michigan. Nothing's been resolved. Nothing's been proven. And I'm not going to go in word for word because it would take all of three hours. But I will say this. Michigan is now lining up their, uh, let's say, the, the guards, if you will. Uh, they'll, go, they'll take legal process. There was a report that there were rumors that the, the, the commissioner uh, of the uh, Big Ten could issue as a punishment today. I personally think they ought to wait, Mark. I, I think there's too much going on now that I think to do premature like that probably would do more harm for both Michigan and the league because Michigan will go to court. They'll do anything to keep Harbaugh on the field. They'll do anything right now through legislative appeals 
to stop any punishment at this point. They claim nothing's been proven. They claim the NCAA, wait for that, wait for the Michigan investigation, and they're also claiming that other schools were doing the same thing. Right, and this is exactly why the NCAA is the NCAA, because they, they can't do anything. I mean, they could, but it's just going to get it's, – it's like we always say, they just – the one that is uh, on trial here ultimately goes to a court or goes to a lawyer, and the NCAA has no power. Now, what's interesting about the whole Michigan thing now is they're trying to downplay Connor Stallion's impact on what – on this program, right? They're calling him a, a junior analyst now and how uh, – so Ross tweeted out something uh, – I'm looking for it's highly dubious that a junior analyst's observations about the other side's signals would have any material effect on the integrity of competition. Well, he may be a junior analyst, but there he is standing right next to your head coach telling him what plays coming in. So that's not really going to fly. The commissioner is getting a lot of, let's say, uh, from the other con- from the other members of the conference. He's getting a lot of push to do something. So he's in a bind. The other teams are after him. Get something done. Something needs to be done to Michigan. Fine him. Could be ten thousand dollars. Suspend somebody for a couple of games, and then Michigan responds with that ten-page report saying, "You do that, we're going to court." Legislators have signed that petition putting the Big Ten on notice that if you go ahead and do anything without giving us due process with a chance to respond to the charges which they claim have not been proven, they say nothing's been proven yet, that they will take action. So it really puts the commissioner in a bind. And and like I say, I don't know enough about this, but it seems to me that if the Big Ten does something right now, it may be a bit premature. So what 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 more evidence, though, what hasn't been proven? Well, you'd have to ask uh, Michigan. They claim See, nothing that, is. I mean, they seriously. claim nothing has been definitively proven that there was sign stealing by Connor Stallions or anybody else. And then they claim that three other programs, including Ohio State, had their offensive and defensive signals. Yeah, that that whole but everybody's doing it defense doesn't hold water for me. Like no one else is on trial. Michigan, you're on trial. You're the one that got your hand caught in the cookie jaw. You're the guy that was speeding down the interstate as three other cars went flying by. You're the one that got stopped. So that part of it, sorry, doesn't hold water. But what more – and I haven't followed this day in and day out because it's, it's just it's, – it's gotten so ridiculous. But there's, there's Venmo transactions. There's text messages. There's film of him on the sidelines next to the – like I don't, I don't get it. Like what – what more other than a well, confession? They, the guy resigned or got fired. Like what? What more? They want proof. They want, first of all, to, to wait for the NCAA findings and their own findings. They 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 claim that you know the Big Ten has really not gone out of the way to prove anything. They're they're saying wait wait till the final results are in before anything is done. That's basically what they're saying. That don't don't presume right now. Don't jump to conclusions until there's finality to this case. That's what they're saying. In that page, that ten-page report they gave back to uh, the commissioner. Hey. That that defense, th- those comments make me want the NCAA hit Michigan harder. Just, 
I'd start make I'd start Trump in charge. Just make something up. <laughs> I mean, if they're if if seriously, if you're the NCAA and they're gonna fight you anyway, why not just throw the book at them? And they offered a happy meal to the kid when he came on campus too. We're gonna get we're gonna take away twelve scholarships for that. Like just 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 go after him at this point. And by the way, leading into our broadcast, you heard the promo for the Texas A and M game that we're carrying. We're also carrying the Michigan. Penn State game, Woo-hoo! 10.30 Saturday. I, I like it. 10.30. Big noon kickoff. Oh, yeah. By the way, speaking of big noon kickoff, Urban Meyer had some pretty strong words about Jalen Milrow. We'll have to get to that here in a little bit, too. All right. We got a great one lined up. We Lee did a little juggling today, so some of you guys, uh, we're, we're going to throw a little uh, curveball at you. Coming up, uh, Paul Feinbaum is going to join us in about 15 minutes. Craig Kennedy, Spring Hill basketball coach at 650. Uh, MGM's coach Zach Golson is going to join us at uh, 715-ish or so. Mick Gillespie at 730 on Alabama. Jim Nagy, 8 o'clock. Good get there, as I'm sure everybody wants to talk to Jim today. And Jake Crane at 830. We got plenty going on, clearly. Continue with your comments in the app at WNSP.com. It's the opening kickoff. Here comes your scoreboard, your traffic, and your weather. We are off and running on a Thursday edition. This is Mayor Sandy Stimson. You're listening to Sports Radio 105.5 FM WNSP. Look at that blood pumping early in the morning. Mark, last night while you were busy doing your three jobs or whatever, yeah. I was watching the beginning of the Knicks game, the much ballyhooed Knicks game be- with the Spurs because when Bionis first appearance at Madison Square Garden, Knicks led wire to wire, got off to big lead. When Bionis did not have a really good game, he missed a lot of his shots early on. He only wound up with 14 points. But I bring this up because there is a story on Saturday down south, the world's tallest teenager. Seven six, and I don't. I I, I know Michael. I'm going to botch the name up, but uh, Olivier Rao R I O U X. I'm not here to correct you on that All one. Right. I don't. I you don't want to take a shot at this one, Mark. Help me out. But anyway, he's at IMG Academy. He has committed to Florida. Seven six. Uh, he's a hooper. Good for him. Right. Oh, I thought you meant he's like just a random. Oh no no, Euro kid. just no, some no, random dude. No, he's from <laughs> IMG Academy, and he is committed to uh, going to Florida, which would be for next year. Uh, speaking of going places, you know where you guys need to go Saturday. I'm gonna tell you, uh, the outsider, the corner of Cedar and Dolphin Street, because that's where the WNSP Alabama watch party is gonna be, boys and girls. Alabama, Kentucky, 11 a.m. kickoff. So WNSP is headed back to the outsider. We're going to have T-shirt giveaways. You're going to have a chance to win an official Alabama jersey. Compliments of the vault. you got to be present to win, of course. And, man, they got you covered for everything you need. It's perfect. Game right there around lunchtime. 22 TVs, beer, uh, food specials, you name it. They got you covered for the whole game, and they'll do you one better. Stay around for, for the Auburn game because in between games, they're going to register – for somebody to win a pair of tickets to the Iron Bowl, and they're going to pull that winner between the two games. So go check out WNSP's watch party this Saturday at the outside of the corner of Cedar and Dolphin Street. 
you could hypothetically walk away with, well, food and nourishment, a free WNSP t-shirt, an Alabama jersey, and oh yeah, a pair of tickets to the Alabama-Auburn game. That's pretty cool. For those who don't know, the Alabama game is at 11 a.m., which you mentioned, Mark, but the Auburn game's at 3 against Arkansas, so it's not like you have to stay till midnight. Right. Okay, that game uh, will start at 3 o'clock. I think it's well-balanced because then at 6 is the Ole Miss-Georgia game. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. Good day of football on Saturday. It is indeed. And if and if you also, during breaks, if you want to tune in, Penn State and Michigan, that's also the 11 a.m. game. And then um, that 9.30 slot, USC-Oregon, I think Oregon's going to kill them, but whatever. I mean, I guess I guess Alabama fans, you're probably cheering for USC in that, in you that are. spot. Yeah, so, I would. I would. I don't, I'm not saying they're going to win either. Utah and Washington, too, uh, is a 2.30 game, so Utah's I guess it's really falling off. Yeah, well. Utah meet USC. USC meet Utah. <laughs> Can I get a pat on the back on USC, man? Sure, let's I, I, I was ahead Michael of the Braun game on, the on them. I called them terrible when they were still like number nine. Okay, so I'm more than willing to give credit where credit's due, but here's my here's my response to that. If you call everybody terrible, yeah, but and, you, uh, and USC somebody actually is terrible, <laughs> are we are we really are we really sure, pointing I, out something? I might have cast a wide net, but USC <laughs> was high on the list. Michael. Think back a couple of minutes ago. Try a little kindness. Uh, Try a little kindness. Not to USC. Caleb Williams, Senior Bowl. Nah, I don't need to see him. Uh, Yeah. I think Caleb Williams thinks he's too big for the Senior Bowl anyway. Well, there's been a lot of of quarterbacks over the years who thought they were, and it backfired on them. Sure. Geno Smith comes to mind. Stetson Bennett. Bennett, at least... He did get drafted. He got drafted, yeah. But Geno Smith was the one, I think, that perhaps could have been a first-rounder, fell to second. And look how long it's taken for him to... Re, you know, re, revitalize his career, but you know he's doing well now at Seattle. Kudos to him, but he turned down and probably got some bad advice. This was years ago when he was supposed to come here and, and got some bad advice. Remember another guy that uh, remember Eric Crouch, the guy or uh, at Nebraska, the quarterback. Yeah, they wanted to bring him in here, and he wouldn't come because they wanted to move him to defensive back or something like that. And he he was he a Heisman Trophy winner that year, or close to it. And he, he declined. So there there have been a number over the years. Uh, for those that uh, have just joined us, welcome, obviously. Uh, we're going to talk to Jim Nagy at 8 a.m. about the idea now that the Senior Bowl can uh, invite juniors to the game. Uh, like we talked about earlier, I, this was coming at some point. It was going to happen, and, and today is the day. So uh, we, we certainly want to hear your thoughts on the idea of bringing those guys in. Appreciate their timing, too. Why, how so? The fact that they released it yesterday and we had Jim lined up today. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that works out I great appreciate for us. That. Sometimes, as you've pointed out, I've pointed out on this show, we leave at 9, and all of a sudden the story breaks at 9.05. Yeah. No, that, that tends to happen a lot. Actually, uh, you're two for two in that regard uh, because uh, we had Darnell – Archie earlier this week scheduled prior to the South Alabama Mobile game that worked out. Now you got now you got Jim Nagy. So you're doing all right. You got carded yesterday. I mean, it's a good day for Lee Shervanian. Doesn't happen often. What they have a good day or no, they then get they get carded. carded. Yeah. When was the last time you got carded? When was oh, the last I, time I you had a good remember. day? 
<laughs> That's another point. Most of my days are good days. I, they really are, Michael. I, I look for the uh, cup half full. I appreciate that yes. mindset. You know, uh, and what was the last time you got carded, Michael? Probably last time I went to a bar. Huh. Okay. My wife, we were up at uh, Canton over the summer. She's about my age. She got carded when she ordered an, a beverage. She was ecstatic. She couldn't wait to show. <laughs> she got carded. <laughs> It's the little things in life. Yes. All right. Uh, Paul Feinbaum. I doubt he's been carded any uh, time recently, but we'll uh, we'll talk to him about a number of issues. And, of course, we'll uh, continue to take uh, your calls and comments, your questions, your criticism uh, throughout the course of today's show. It's the opening kickoff. Yes, we're grabbing Paul early today. Yay. Right here on the sports station, WNSP. <laughs> confused by the music at this hour but you know we we pushed the clocks back we we moved them up an hour lee because we're just we're just rebels well there's so many big stories going on we couldn't wait till seven o'clock but i really appreciate what paul did getting in touch with me yesterday he's got extra assignments this morning with espn that takes a little bit of priority over us a little and he's on right now so without further ado mr paul feinbaum espn sec network paul thank you so much uh, for being helpful to us i really appreciate it good morning Thank you. I didn't know people uh, on, down on the coast got up this early. Oh, they are. You, you take a look at some of those highways out there. It's an early <laughs> rising city. I'm not kidding. All right. Right to the point, Michigan. Do you anticipate the Big Ten taking any action, as has been rumored, today or tomorrow? And if so, would it be premature? I think they will take some action, and I don't think it would be premature. And what I mean by that is, in almost any major business, uh, if you're under uh, serious investigation, you are suspended, uh, usually with pay, but pending investigation. And I think that's where we are. This isn't just a bunch of people throwing something up against the wall. Lee. Uh, it, it, according to the best available sources, uh, the Big Ten feels like Jim Harbaugh and Michigan crossed a line here. Uh, and they need to ferret it out. I mean, the fact that the university has already responded to the allegations means that they have said, we believe you did this, and, and, and what is your response? So I, I don't think that is extraordinary. I think it also makes the Big Ten look good. Like, if they suspend Jim Harbaugh for two games or whatever it is, uh, it looks like they are alert and, and, and aware versus just, hey, you know, we'll, we'll, just, we'll, just, we'll just kick the can down the road and – and let the NCAA worry about it in three years. You know what? If if they're going to do that, suspend it for two, make a statement, suspend it for the Ohio State game. Yeah, I think the fear is that that's not what they're going to do, though. The, there's a, there's some feeling out there that they'll do it immediately. Uh, therefore, he won't be available for the, the Penn State game and then the Maryland game, and he'll be back. I, I What's really interesting here is the infighting going on at the Big Ten, and – you have Michigan people who are just lighting up uh, Tony Petiti, the commissioner, 
saying that he's out of touch, he doesn't understand. And what they're really saying is, we are Michigan, you need to treat us uh, as a sacred cow. Uh, I know there are a lot of questions. Could this possibly happen anywhere else, like in the SEC? It's a, it's a, it's a great question. But, uh, I mean, I, I've never seen anything quite like this. So, and one reason why I think you, we, we hear so much praise for the SEC commissioner is that he, he tries to deal with things within the room, not uh, out in public. With I mean, there are some just crazed lunatics out there uh, on the Michigan side, you know, throwing dirt in every imaginable way. And uh, it, it's at times quite, quite humorous and, and really sad. All right. So they claim in their 10-page letter, and this was reported by Yahoo Sports, and I think you've already talked to Dan Wetzel this week, that nothing's been proven. Wait till the NCAA. Of course, that could take for years, and or their own investigation has. To your knowledge, has anything really been proven yet? Uh, Lee, I, I can't answer that. Uh, I mean, what what you have probably is testimony from people saying, you know, this is what we we, we believe. This is what we saw. I, I think it's hard to prove very much right now, and and I think people misconstrue some things. I, I mean, I was on a program yesterday. Uh, and, you know, the, the host, Stephen A. Smith, said they should be banned from the playoffs. And I, I, I push back on that because I think that's a, that's, a, that's a much deeper step than where we are right now. Suspending Harbaugh because he's under suspicion, to me, is not that big of a deal. Uh, I don't think that uh, – if, if you got in trouble right now, uh, it, Lee, you, you, your, your boss could suspend you pending uh, further investigation. That's just part of the procedure of, of any, uh, any organization. Paul Feinbaum's our guest here on WNSP. By the way, you mentioned Stephen A. That segment with uh, with he and Russo and you just sitting there watching, I, I feel like you reminded me of probably what a lot of your callers and listeners look like back in the day when you were doing your show back at Jocks. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to promote something too much, but I <laughs> I don't think I've ever been – I mean, it was about an 18-minute deal, and at one time – there were four people talking, and there were only four people on the air. Um, I finally decided, Mark, just to kind of sit back, and somebody made a good description. I think it was awful announcing or somebody that that, uh, that Molly, uh, the host of the show, looked like a hostage yeah. uh, because she kept looking uh, to her left and right. It's like somebody saved me, and at the end, I, I, I simply said, man, I said, I, I, I'm heading to – guys, I'm, I'm, bail, I'm bailing out. I'm going to the ER because I, I got whiplash. And yeah. I, I mean – I've never, I mean, I've been on some bizarre stages before on, on TV, but never one that the, the decimal level was as loud as that. Yeah. So Chris Russo didn't follow up on his promise to retire if. Uh, no. Yeah. See, you at least, I brought this up. You at least followed through on yours when you came to the Mobile area and crawled after you. Yeah, I did. Okay. But Russo did, did nothing then? I mean, he goes on the air and says, I'll retire if Arizona beats Philadelphia, and he's still on the radio or no, TV, I think he, uh, he wore an Arizona jersey one day, which is not a big. Yeah, you really, uh, you should never make statements like that. I mean, I've, I've done some, st- I've said some stupid things before, but um, at least go through the motions. I mean, you know, take the day off. I mean, do something. <laughs> uh, Paul, uh, help us out here. Did you say that Georgia could be vulnerable this weekend against Ole Miss? No, uh, <laughs> I was talking on a podcast, uh, and, I, and I just said, you know, Georgia could be vulnerable uh, against some of these teams. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't say, 
I, and then it got it got taken uh, and, and made into a headline, which I fully understand. But I, I, I like Georgia in the game. I just said that these are very, you know, Georgia's played a, a softer schedule in, in the last couple of weeks. I mean, they're playing meaty opponents. I mean, these, these you know, last week, this week, and next week are uh, are all dangerous. So, yeah, I mean, vulnerable is a big word. But, I, Mark, I, I, I don't know what to do about the world that you live in, the <laughs> aggregated world of uh, you know, taking a half statement and turning it into a clickbait. Uh, it's getting tougher and tougher, man. You just got to say more extravagant and fantastic things. That's why we have you on the show, Paul. Um, Alabama moving forward, I felt like the nation didn't put as much stock into that win against LSU as maybe people closer to the conference. Do you agree with that or, or, or no? Mark, I think Alabama was completely and totally disrespected by the pollsters this week. Uh, it, it was a shock to me, frankly, because I viewed that as the biggest game of the season for Alabama. Uh, I thought they played a, a perfect game, uh, essentially according to what Nick Saban said, uh, and, and they were completely shunned. Uh, and like so, I mean, the nation basically said, "So what? We don't really care." Uh, and, and I think that's an affront to the program. This is this is not the number eight team in the country. Uh, to me, Alabama right now is playing uh, at about a top five level. I mean, I, I I won't put them any higher because of some of the, because we have undefeated teams, but. Uh, but but I, I I think it was it was an insult to the Alabama program uh, to for this committee to leave them at number eight. Uh, I mean, and 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 with no rationale. Uh, Alabama's a better team than Oregon. Uh, Alabama's a better team than a lot of these teams. Uh, I mean, I, and again, uh, the Texas game is haunting them, uh, and I understand that. But at some point, you have to look at what we are today not what we saw on september 9th worst case scenario in your wildest imagination could you ever see the sec getting shut out in the final four i don't think so i i know because i i frankly just uh, I, I know how tough it is lee because I, i'm at i'm at these sites every week and and i see what these coaches go through and, I, and that's not bias that's just the reality uh, I mean, do you think do you think Alabama has a tougher path than what Florida State deals with every week? I mean, Florida State has a big game Saturday against Miami. Like, who cares? Uh, I mean, Florida State went to Clemson and won a nail biter. I think it may have been an overtime. Uh, Clemson's a four loss team. I mean, Clemson celebrated last week over Notre Dame as if you know they had just won the national championship. I mean, that that's just another Saturday at Alabama. Be I mean. Uh, what, what, what Alabama did uh, against LSU in that, in that setting compared to what Clemson did or what Florida State has done, Florida State has beaten uh, one really good team, and I think that's LSU. LSU is discounted because they have three losses. But think about this. Have, has anybody bothered to see who, the, who LSU's losses are against? They're all top ten teams. Um, I mean, you give LSU – uh, Florida State schedule, and they have one loss, uh, and uh, you know, that's all there is to it. And I just think for for everyone to look past uh, what, what Alabama's done, and it's not so much what Alabama's done; it's what Alabama is right now. Uh, Alabama's one of the best teams in the country right now, and they're treated like an afterthought. They're treated like uh, like garbage, uh, and, and I think it's unfair. And and and, and fortunately for Alabama, uh, they'll be able to correct it in the next few weeks. And and. They should be, you know, if they'll get the, if they get number one or two Georgia and beat them, then 
there should not be a discussion. And see, that's not exactly a half statement there, Lee. That's a whole statement. So it makes my job as an aggregator easier to make that a story. Hey, uh, it's already it's already being written up, uh, Paul. I've noticed he's been writing it up as we speak. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I just. I, I, <laughs> I, I'll wait for the lunch crowd. Hey, uh, Paul, thank you. We know you got to run, man. We always appreciate you coming aboard, we th and thank you for coming on early. Have a great week, and we'll be in touch. Much fun. Thanks, guys. Yep, that's Paul Feinbaum, ladies and gentlemen. Many years ago, I was told by my dentist, John, that I needed dental implants. I had no clue what he was talking about. I had no idea what dental implants were, although I had, over the years, just about had every problem that could occur with teeth uh, surfaced. So I was sent to Dr. Christopher Mullenix, and about seven, maybe eight dental implants later, I think I could safely recommend and refer you to go see Dr. Christopher Mullenix, not only for dental implants, but for any oral surgery. He, uh, had, If you have to have a tooth taken out, wisdom teeth certainly, other members of my family have been to Dr. Mullenix. And everything has gone well. Very professional, very personable staff located at 715 Downtowner Boulevard. If you have any issues, especially during the daytime, and you want to get in, he's there in the afternoon. He does his surgery in the morning, but in the afternoon. And, and Dr. Wallander is also available. Give him a call at 471-3381. That's 471-3381. We will be talking to Chris tomorrow during our Playoff game day. Mark and I are going out to Baker High School as they get ready to take on Auburn. That's the high school, not the college football team. Whoop, whoop. I like it. All right, so uh, wrap it up. Hour number one uh, next with Spring Hill basketball coach Craig Kennedy. Uh, coming up in hour number two, we'll talk some high school football. Zach Golson, the uh, MGM coach, is going to join us in about a half an hour. Uh, Mick Gillespie on Alabama at 730. And, of course, Jim Nagy at 8 o'clock. Big story we talked about, we'll continue to talk about with the idea of uh, underclassmen now eligible for all-star games like the Senior Bowl. Jake Crane joins us at 8.30 as well. Got a lot going on. We're wrapping up hour number one next right here on the Sports Station, WNSP. Hey, this is AJ McCarron, and you're listening to WNSP. All right, 6.50, welcome back in. The uh, opening kickoff wraps up hour number one here on the sports station, WNSP. And now, your basketball coach for the Spring Hill Badgers, Mr. Craig Kennedy. Good morning, sir. How are you today? Whoa, whoa hello. Yeah, you're on. You're with us. I'm on. Okay. I was getting background music there. I like the well, of course. How are you doing, fellas? Don't you like the Chicago Bulls theme? Do you think Lee adequately uh, introduced you from start to finish? I thought he finished strong, got a little pitchy there, and fell off at the end. Uh, well, you know, hey, listen, you, you got to stay from falling off the ledge into many things in life. <laughs> you had a very exciting game yesterday, overtime. You lost in overtime. Yeah. Tell us about the game. Tell us in your mind, as you look back, how it evolved and what happened late in the game. Yeah, you know, we're playing a really, really good mobile team. I mean, they're super well coached. Um, obviously, they just came off a big win beating South Alabama. And uh, they've got Ezra McKenna, who's just super tough inside. I mean, he plays the dead gum hard. I told our guys in the bench, I said, watch how he plays. 
you need to play and you need to practice the way that kid goes because he's, he's got a heck of a motor on him. And then they've got, you know, two really good guards at the Williamson kid and, and Pooh. And um, we got up big on them at the beginning, and uh, they came back and showed their maturity. I mean, it was our first game, and I think they're game number six for them. And um, they got up big on us. And, man, our guys just scrapped and fought tooth and nail to get back in the game. And, uh, you know, we, we, had a, we had a chance at the end, went for a drive, and, and, and the ball didn't drop. And, um, you know, they hit, a, they hit a three. They hit a three to put them up, and then we hit a three to make it to overtime. So it was a really, really good game. You really, lo- really good. You lost your two top scorers from last year. Do you have reinforcements on hand that can pick up the slack? Well, I think we showed that last night. Yeah, I think I think we've got a better score than Tonacopa, um, and I think uh, I think we had some guys show some stuff. We got depth. I think we can go ten deep and uh, and and be effective. You talk. So it's been. Fun. You talked about when we, we we talked about this. Your two six eleven players did they come to yeah. play yesterday? Yeah, I mean Tim Riley really did. He had a career high fourteen rebounds last night. I think he had two or three block shots. The game was uh, guarding Ezra was was really tough for our for our six eleven sophomore Jaden Webley. Um, you know he was having to come out on the perimeter on him, and and uh, you know that that was just a little a little bit tough for him. But um, Tim did a good job on him. Tim really showed his maturity last night, and uh, so I was pleased. I was pleased with Big T's play. Eleven point fourteen rebounds. That was pretty good for his. Craig Kennedy. Start of season. Craig Kennedy, join us, Spring Hill coach. Is it tough sitting on the bench seeing the McKenna's playing for Mobile? You had one of them at Spring Hill. I don't know if you would have had a shot at the other one coming there, but to see them playing against your team now. No. I, I, I mean, it's not hard. I mean, I felt when, when we recruited Sage, uh, I thought he had a big upside. He was very young. Uh, he came into high, uh, college as a 17-year-old, and uh, now he's probably like 35 or 36 because uh, he's like a six-year senior. But he really didn't do very much for them. Ezra, I think, went to Air Force uh, and was there for a year, and he left there. Um Ezra is a different player. He's got a different motor. He's got different skill. And, uh, you know, we would love to have had a kid like that on our team. I I just love the way he plays. Hey, Craig, uh, I know you said it was game one. So what did you learn about your team, good or bad, that maybe you didn't know going into that game against Mobile? Uh, I I think it showed some of the stuff we believe, that these guys really, really compete. We found our practices have been more competitive this year than, than ever before. Uh, so they showed their competitiveness. And that's a great question because sometimes you watch guys in practice and you go, man, these guys are real good. What's going to happen when the referees show up? And then we have, we have one guy, Rolante Knowles from the Bahamas. Uh, he he, he kind of thinks practice is still a day on the beach. But, boy, I'll tell you what, when them referees show up, yeah. whoo, he goes to another gear. And it was just kind of encouraged him saying, hey, Ro, man, you gotta you got to practice like this now. Because you showed you can play at this this pace, now you got to practice like this. Well, we'll just we'll just let me know next time you practice. We'll send the Cervanian out there in a little in a striped shirt, well, man. Just let him walk nice. up and down the court. Nice, we could do that. Yeah, we could do that. But I was, I was really pleased pleased with the guys. You know, you never want to lose. 
Um, And especially like, you know, a game like that. But I mean, that's how beautiful is that to go to overtime, you know, in, in what people call a rivalry game here. Um, I mean, that's just, that's just a beautiful thing. So we leave this morning, we go on the road, we're going to play three Florida teams in the next five days. And, um, we're going to find out, you know, really where where we're at and, and what our toughness is like. Greg, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, good luck on this trip. Keep me uh, up 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 how the scores are going. By the way, your volleyball team out there, they open up play today in the volleyball championship as the number one seed in the West. They are 19-0 and in league play, so good luck to them. All-time, all-time winningest coach in volleyball history, Dr. Peggy Martin. Coach, always uh, always fun to have you on, man. Best of luck moving forward, and tell the guys, hey, Force. Thanks so much, gentlemen. Have a great day. Appreciate it. Yep, that's Spring Hill College basketball coach Craig Kennedy. All right, coming up in hour uh, number two, actually we'll be open. We'll reset the first segment for you. We'll have a little fried deliciousness uh, for you in the hour. And then uh, Zach Golson, the MGM football coach, will join us. We'll talk a little high school football. We mentioned the Dr. Christopher Mullenix high school game day takes us to Baker for round one of the playoffs tomorrow. We'll also talk some Alabama with Mick Gillespie in the hour. Hour number three, Jim Nagy. Really looking forward to talking to Jim uh, as news of underclassmen being allowed to participate in all-star games is now a thing. We knew it was going to happen at some point. We'll get Jim's thoughts on that, what that means for the game, what that means for the name of the game. Um, I'm, I'm kind of on the fence. I get it, I think, from a marketing standpoint. Uh, Lee, I thought you made a great point. So initially, I think it's going to be great for the game because you can market these high-profile juniors, but perhaps like high-profile seniors, they will have to decide whether or not it's in their best interest because those guys that generally come out, generally, not all, are usually considered high draft picks anyway. Yeah, they are. They they get all that feedback from the agents and oh, you're you're going to be up there. You don't need to play in the All Star game. Just just go to Indianapolis for the combine. You're a good stead. So, you know, there'll be a little bit of that, but it it certainly opens up the realm of possibilities because, as you know, in the first round, it's mostly populated by juniors these days. Yeah, and so maybe maybe the Senior Bowl will be able to latch on to some of those juniors. But on the other hand. You look at some of the the, the, the let's so called fringe players who have been invited and have gone on to do well in the NFL. And and I mentioned tonight, look at look at Tyson uh, uh, Paget who played in the Senior Bowl at a tiny Shepherd College, and now he's starting for the Bears tonight. So opportunities, there may be opportunities like that that the door will close on players like that, bringing in let's say high profile juniors. Yeah, I. I feel like this was the natural evolution of all of this as we sit here and watch college athletics. I do feel it will take opportunities away from guys. Because as much as we talk about the high-ranking guys at, at All-Star Games and the Senior Bowl, and I get it, the Senior Bowl still is a great place for a guy that's going to be a late-round pick to elevate his status to mid-round and mid-round to the you know first couple of rounds. And I feel like those guys are the ones that are going to be hurt most by this. You know what it kind of reminds me of a little maybe bit? Maybe not, though. Maybe not. The transfer portal and how that has hurt high school yeah. seniors. Yeah. Yeah, because we kind of call it, it was kind of like getting that extra COVID year for those guys. Like, you don't want to not give them that opportunity. But look at the domino effect it had on other guys behind them, high school recruiting, 
those guys getting spots as, as graduating seniors. Like, it has a ripple effect. And I think, like everything, I think this move will have a ripple effect. Will it be as demonstrative? Maybe not. But we'll talk to Jim about it coming up. Uh, hour number two on the way. It's the opening kickoff. Mark Lee and Bronner all in the studios of WNSP. Stay with us right here on the sports station, WNSP. This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station, 105.5 FM, WNSP, and on the Sound of Mobile app. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim, Lee Shervanian, and Michael Bronner. The opening kickoff. Opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark, Lee, and Michael. All right, 7.03, thanks for hanging with us. It's the opening kickoff. We're here in the studios at WNSP for the final time this week anyway, but uh, we encourage you to join the conversation, 694-1055. Our two major stories, of course, the uh, the Senior Bowl, other bowl games now being allowed to bring in eligible juniors who declare. Uh, we'll, as we mentioned, we'll have Jim Nagy joining us at 8 to get his thoughts on that. The other major story is what's going to happen with Michigan. There are all kinds of rumors coming out that the Big Ten, maybe as early as today, if you want to buy into it, could discipline Michigan. Maybe a fine, maybe a suspension. So I'm going to pose this question because about a week or two ago, I mentioned the possibility, and believe me, I have no inside information on this. So don't you know? Don't say, "Hey, look, this guy." No, I don't. I don't. I just read, and you try to perceive what's going on. And I said. Wouldn't it be something if Jim Harbaugh is suspended for a few games? And both of you, mostly Michael, more than you, Mark, really came back at me and said that could never happen. I'm wondering if have either of you changed your mind and could accept that possibility that that the Big Ten could impose a suspension as soon as maybe Saturday, as Paul Feinbaum pointed out. Wow, calling me out here. Uh, <laughs> Not so much calling you out. Do you think, just to give your viewpoint on it, though, about could you perceive of the conference taking a step like this in the middle? And both of you had good points. Why would the Big Ten mess with Michigan, you know, with the, with the, the what's in front of them and the possibility of getting them into a Final Four with Ohio State? That And, and again, I respected the opinion of both of you on that. Yeah, you know, the more you thought about it, but now – I don't know, the, 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 the tidal wave seems to be shifting in the other direction, the way this crazy story goes. Yeah, I don't, uh, how do I put this? I, I, I'm pretty sick of this whole story. Uh, I have some aspirin if you want. <laughs> I don't know. It, it seems like something new comes out every day that's not really something new. Mark kind of said it earlier. It's It's hard to follow. It's so convoluted Michigan's now pointing the finger at other schools but I I don't know I'm so sick of this I don't really want the Big Ten to necessarily do anything to Michigan I don't really care uh like do I think that currently right now whatever's happening is affecting games in college football in 2023 no like I kind of just want the season to play out and then whatever happens happens Harbaugh's probably going to take an NFL job anyway like I, it's just an added layer of drama to the college football season that I just don't really care about. I kind of just want the story to go away so we can quit talking about it. 
Uh, Do you think but, he deserves to be suspended today? No, not really. Uh, like maybe I don't know. I like this is the thing. I don't really. Yes. Ca- I don't really care. My my uh, point is my point is they're never going to suspend him because it winds up becoming a legal thing. So it's never that I thought he should or should not be suspended. It's that they weren't going to be uh, capable of suspending him based on everything that we've been seeing over the last few years with the NCAA and legal proceedings playing out. Uh, the whole – and apparently this was said on the afternoon show. He, he, he shouldn't be – or Michigan shouldn't be reprimanded because everybody's doing it. That is, quite frankly, one of the laziest takes – that you could potentially have in all of sports. The whole everybody's doing it spiel. It doesn't make it right. It is true. It's not a defense. Oh, I don't care if it's true or not, right? If that were the case, then the NCAA would have never punished anybody for anything in the history of college football because everybody was doing it, right? You're going to you're gonna sit here and tell me that no one illegally recruited or there was never recruiting violations at other schools? Of course there are. But you got to maintain some sort of order, and the fact that Michigan was just so openly, like, transparent about it, not – this kid didn't give a flip that anybody knew. And now for Michigan to come back and be like, everybody's doing it, that's not a defense. Like, I like I understand your frustration with it, but do you know how hard it is to get caught being at another school openly, like, recording on devices that you can fit in your pocket? Do you know how, like, flamboyant you have to be in order to – like, it's just so dumb. And the better question is, what is a suitable punishment for Michigan? Is it simply suspend Jim Harbaugh? Yeah, here's the point I, w- I want to make. Even if the Big Ten, if you buy into rumors, if they suspend him, I still think he'll be coaching against Penn State. He'll go to court. He'll probably get – some kind of injunction to that he can stay on the field. And, and, and so we don't confuse totally the public because it is a confusing story. This in no way uh, negates what the NCAA is doing on the previous investigation against Harbaugh, which he violated supposedly level one violations going back to COVID and recruiting. They're separate investigations. I wonder if – the NCAA has set up a satellite office in Ann Arbor these days because it seems like there is so much going on and, and a lot of layers. And while I reached Dan Wetzel of Yahoo and didn't really get a chance to talk to him too much because he had other issues going on, I wonder, like, you know, I used to do investigative reporting years ago. I'm sure you did, Mark, too. I'm pretty sure you did. How much time do these these guys spend all day, Ross and, and, and Dan, on this story, and you know how, Michael, you say you're fed up and sick of this story. These guys are with it almost every hour. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't get it, <laughs> how you're covering this story. What, what is changing with this story every hour? That Well, right now it's Michigan's defense. Yeah, it's their defense versus the letter they got from the Big Ten notifying, which was a push by the other programs to get something done. I mean, the other the other schools want something done, and that's is, where it started. I mean, this is no different than than covering, like, police trials. And, like, so now, you know, uh, the, the state's case has rest. The defense is now. It's their turn. And so we're, we're watching this play out in real time. And so this is like being a court reporter, right? It's like going every day and getting more information. I personally would like to see some closure in it for sure. I've seen enough to know that whatever Michigan was doing wasn't on the up and up. The fact that the guy is resigned or got fired or whatever 
tells you everything you need to know. Michigan is now calling him a junior analyst and like trying to downplay the fact that he had any relevance with the program, yet there's plenty of evidence to show that he's standing right there on the sidelines telling them what the other team is doing, which in and of itself is not illegal, but when you piece it with all the other information, clearly not everything was above board. Yeah, and then again, too, you're, uh, is, did Harbaugh know about this? Some have said yes, some have said no. I think, you know, over the years, you know, some politicians, Richard Nixon comes to mind, paranoia. Uh, other coaches, paranoia. They're all paranoid, not all of them, but some of them are. And I wonder if Harbaugh fit into that. I mean, Michigan is an alpha program, one of the greatest college football programs of all time in terms of wins and losses. And, you know, I find it hard to believe he didn't know anything about it. But why would you even get involved with something like this with some guy that just shows up? Uh, with this manifesto and, 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 and basically has brought the program from a branding image down to its knees. Well, I mean, he was helping Jim Harbaugh. I mean, J- J- Jim Harbaugh, as much as Michigan wants to – Jim Harbaugh knew exactly what was happening. Of course he did. There's video of him, like, telling Harbaugh it's a pass or it's a run or whatever. No, this is like – this is the Houston Astros banging on a trash can type stuff. Is it as bad as bad as that? It's It's looking that way as they continue to win and get to a college football playoff. Because if by some miracle they wind up winning it, right? That that's that's the whole thing about Houston. It's not that they were cheating; it's that they were they wound up winning and winning big as a result of it. If Michigan were sub five hundred, or or their name wasn't Michigan but Western Michigan or whatever, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Yeah, do you think a lot of everybody outside the state of uh, Ann Arbor is hoping for Penn State to beat them this week? Of course. Now, look, the good news that's going to come out of all this is changes are going to be made in the game. We're going to wind up getting something in the helmets, whatever. But, you know, the other thing is you also have, like, four different guys over there on the opposing sideline in different color T-shirts. You know, three of them are sending in fake signals. Um, But anyway, so we'll, we'll keep an eye on things there. No, I did not say it's okay to cheat if you lose. You did. No, I said we wouldn't be talking about it because it's not uh. relevant. But you you heard me. You just weren't listening. <laughs> oh, was he on with his appers too like you are? Was that what it was? I always, was ha- I always, have, the, I always have the appers up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love the appers. I know you both do. It's a love you, affair. You should you should show more love to the appers, Lee. I, I don't know how to get into it. Oh, I'm sorry. Show me. You don't know how to get into it. Most of them feel I should be in a, a rest home by now, the <laughs> ones that I've read years ago. But when I did get into it, they, that I should be in a rest home. What is a rest home? Like, an assisted, like an yeah, assisted, assisted living, something like that. Yeah. Assisted living facility? Yeah, that's where they want me. Hmm. Hmm. All right. All right, so let's do this. Um... For the look, there's somebody in the app that says, "I prefer you over the afternoon show, Lee." They are idiots. <laughs> oh, that's Nick Wiggins you're competing with, Lee. I don't, I don't know what. I the, wouldn't what call that a competition. That Nick's a daddy. Be nice. Although Lee, you know, I don't know how that particular user would have felt uh, back when I was spinning my takes on the afternoon show. Maybe there's a. Never mind. Mike is great in the afternoon. How about that? I think Eden's in the app, so we appreciate her <laughs> contributions to the show today. All right, coming up at... Uh, no, she knows I don't like to be called Mike. That's Maybe that's name. why she's trying to throw you off. Maybe. 
All right, scoreboard traffic and weather, and Zach Golson, stay with us. Hi, this is Jake Peavy, MLB pitcher and Mobile, Alabama native. You're listening to 105.5 WNSP. Seven twenty. Welcome back in the opening kickoff. Mark Lee and Bronner all in the studios of WNSP. All right, I need your help. Uh, I know Michael's been busy, so it's not on him. But I need the Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A. I can eat you seven times a day. Blah 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 blah. Give it. Let's go. Okay. Fried deliciousness. I I I cautioned I'm our audience. I'm in love with Chick Fil A. <laughs> I cautioned our audience that this would come back as a Chick-fil-A. Uh, the Saints, uh, Tyson Hill, became the fifth player in league history with at least 10 touchdown passes, 10 touchdown runs, and 10 receptions in his career. But he's the first to accomplish that trifecta in the Super Bowl era. Who was the last NFL player to accomplish that? If you know the answer, and I'll give you a hint, he wound up being a, a broadcaster. Uh, if you know the answer, 694-1055. And to that, we welcome in Zach Goldston. He's the head coach of Mary G. Montgomery. Finished with their first undefeated season since 1965, looking for their first postseason win ever. But they got a tough one in Dothan. Zach, good morning. How are you today? Good morning, Lee. Good morning, Mark. How are you guys doing today? Pretty good. You've been in postseason games before, and I remember last year you took your team to it. Is it a different scenario in getting your team ready for a postseason game rather than regular season? You know, we try to keep our processes as, as similar as possible. Um, you know, there's always different challenges week to week, but uh, we've, we've been able to, to maintain our, our basic uh, practice schedules. And, you know, there's, there's some more excitement. Obviously, people are, in our community are fired up about uh, hosting a home playoff game. Uh, it's been a while, and um, you know, our people are definitely fired up about it, but that's one of the one of our keys, I think, to success is we've got to make sure that we peak at seven o'clock on Friday night. We don't want to get uh, too high or too low. You know, we don't want to be too focused, but you definitely want don't want to expend any uh, unnecessary energy um, up until that point where we kick off at seven o'clock. Zach Dothan beat Baker this year. You played Baker and won. Did you get anything from that Baker Dothan game that can help you tonight or tomorrow? Yeah, I mean, obviously we've been able to watch a lot of their tape from this season, and um, you know Dothan's got a great team. Uh, they run a, a, a different style of offense than, than maybe the traditional stuff that you see week to week. Uh, they're a single wing team, so that'll definitely be a challenge. I think we probably got more from uh, our Davidson matchup this year, being able to play somebody that does that. Yeah. You know, about midseason, when um, you know when Rick went back to single wing, that I think that actually you know kind of helped us a little bit these last couple of weeks. Um, you know, so I think that's an advantage. You know, I think uh, Baker had a really good plan. You know, they were winning seven to nothing in the first half. And uh, so, you know, definitely pull some things from, from those guys. But, uh, you know, we got, we got our hands full. Dozen's a really good team. Coach Jed Kennedy there over there has done a really good job the last two years. Uh, they got some really explosive playmakers, and then they're fast and physical on defense. So definitely going to be a challenge. Um, I think our kids are excited about the opportunity. Uh, I would expect it to be a really good football game. Should be another great atmosphere. Uh, out here in Sims, man, uh, we've had some great home crowds and some great 
uh, atmospheres for high school football. Is this has has I know you haven't had a whole lot of time to reflect on the season, but and probably don't want to at this point. But is this the most fun you've had? Uh, in, in, a, in a football season, and I and I say that because we came out there and we, you know we talk about that community, and I know winning makes everything better, and that's part of it. But uh, there's just a we always talk about the ride to the top is always so much more fun than trying to stay up there and maintain it. And you've you've had this steady, uh, steady rise, like you're in the midst of it. Is is this is this the most fun you've had? You know, uh, we're having a lot of fun. Uh, but it's, it is about the, the winning makes it more fun. Certainly. Sure. But being able to do it with guys like Alex Page and Andrew Reeves and, you know, really just our entire coaching staff, man, Devin Crawford. I could name all these names, man. But we really have a tight-knit staff of guys that are like-minded uh, that have made this run a lot of fun. And I think we, you know, we feed off each other. Um, I think our kids feed off of that. Uh, our, we have a tight-knit group of kids as well uh, that really feel like that we're fighting for uh, something really even bigger than just uh, what we're doing on Friday nights. You know, this is really our ministry and, you know, our chance to use our talents and gifts in a way that can glorify God's kingdom. And so uh, our kids are really, you know, they're so, they're so fun to watch play. They, they really have uh, taken on the style you know, of our coaching staff, and we play fast and physical, which is the way I think the game should be played. And, um, yeah, I mean, we got a fun group. Obviously, we have some talented kids, too. That always makes a difference. Um, you know, Jared Holland's an unbelievable player, uh, unbelievable leader. And then we got a lot of guys, those you know, surrounding cast of guys that really do a great job, man. So definitely, definitely been a fun, fun journey thus far. And, um, you know, we talked, we've talked a little bit about fact that no matter what happens we really have a limited amount of time with this group yeah you know with with this team and uh so we're just going to try to soak up every minute that we have together really embrace that and um lean on each other and, and just enjoy the moment you know zach you've been through playoffs before that that must be quite a region dothan's in they're the fourth seed they're eight and two auburn great record they're the third seed coming here to take on baker you can imagine the the, the toughness of that they they've been uh, i think they they scored over 400 points this year what is the key to stopping their single wing well i don't know if you can stop it um but i think you can contain it and i think the keys to that is that you got to have a lot of guys doing their job everybody's got to do their job on every play and uh, even then you get into a lot of one-on-one -on -one tackles uh, so then once you kind of figure out, there's a lot of misdirection in the offense. So once you figure it out, you just got to rally to it. You got to sprint to the ball. And, uh, you know, but guys got to do a good job with our one-on-one -on -one tackling. And, uh, you know, we got a good defense. We got a lot of good defensive players. We know it's going to be a physical game. So, you know, we're bracing for that. Um, we are healthy. So, you know, obviously we're very fortunate on that side of it. And uh, we think it's going to be a battle. Uh, we really do. We think it's, they are battle-tested. They, they do play in a tough region. Uh, them and Auburn and Enterprise, man, the, you're really splitting hairs on who's the better team. They all beat each other. And, um, you know, I think some would argue Dothan's better. Some would argue Auburn's better. And then certainly Enterprise got a good team, too. So, you know, and they've all had to play Central Phoenix City. But, you know, we're, we're like I said, we think that we're right there in that category with these guys. And, um, you know, we're excited to be at home. I think that's going to be a, that's going to play a factor. Um, you know, we hope it will. I know our, our fans are excited about it. I think they'll be loud. And 
uh, can make a difference in the game. Zach, we appreciate it, man. Uh, a lot of folks in the area rooting for you guys. We wish you the best of luck, and uh, let's do it again soon, sir. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Lee. Appreciate all y'all do, man. Thanks, yep. Zach. Uh, covering – all right, uh, Pigskin Pete notified us. That's one of the six games that's going to be covered with a reporter during Michael's broadcast of the Baker-Auburn game. John Vella, somebody you know very well, Mark, is going to be out at the MGM game. For Michael Broder, he's going to be like a traffic cop. Six different reporters out there. It's going to be unreal, man. Going to be quite the uh, broadcasting evening. Everyone tune in. It's just going to be, you know, talk about peak high school football coverage. There's no other station in the area, and I'd go as far as to speculate there's no other station in, in this country that does what WNSP does on High School Football Fridays. Wow. Do you get a winner on the Chick-fil-A? Yeah, we did. Frank Gifford. Frank Gifford. All right, 729. We're going to step aside. We're talking Tide next with Mick Gillespie. Stay with us. It's the opening kickoff right here on the sports station, WNSP. Fantastic. They got great skill, guys. Defensively, you know, they're really good up front. They've had some injuries in the secondary, but they play hard, uh, and they do the things that I think that they're – 7.32, Alabama, uh, Coach Nick Saban leaving me on the edge of my seat there. I was waiting for him to finish his thought. He just. Yeah, that wasn't on us. Yeah. No, they, we. Uh, he was talking about Kentucky. That's the 11 a.m. game. Uh, Mark's been talking about that, the watch party, which you'll hear more of. So it's time to talk to Mick Gillespie because he can give us the insider to this game. Hey, Mick, how are you, my friend? How's it going? Yeah, it's going great. How are you guys doing? Good. Uh, in, inside information, are you going to attend this game? No, I'm not going to Lexington. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, watch from the comfort of uh, my house. The reason I ask because if Michael Bronner goes and you wanted to, maybe he could pick you up on the way up there. But uh, you know that's a, <laughs> that's another story. That'd All right, great. I would take that ride. What do we need to know about this game? Do you do you see this being a very very competitive game? 11 a.m. and and I I might preface by saying I think in the history of Alabama football under Nick Saban they've done very well in 11 a.m. games. Yeah, you know they've done well in pretty much every game since Nick Saban got there. Uh, 11s though, you know they always worry me. I mean, especially when you're the favorite going on the road. I mean, this one has that classic trap game feel but i don't get the the vibe from from this team that they're going to let that affect them they've been so good uh they've turned things around they've had two very difficult opponents at home revenge games they took care of business i thought it was interesting though that in the press conference on monday that nick saban said he was tired i've never heard him say that before he said i woke up and i was tired and and, you know, and then he, he's like, but we have to get ready for the next game, you know. So I, I don't know if that's a clue or if that was just, like, motivation. But um, I've spent a lot of time doing uh, my, my new podcast with Jake Coker. And one of the things that he taught me that I didn't know about Alabama is he said, when you go into games where you, Saban feels like maybe the team isn't ready, that he gets re very, very in practice you know, he'll blow the whistle a lot. You know, he wants you to do everything perfect. And if you do it perfect, he's going to act like you didn't do it perfect. So he, pay, he pays a lot of attention to uh, detail in those games. Now, Alabama's only an 11-point favorite in this game. 
You know, so Vegas doesn't really even think that that they're going to go in and dominate. We think that uh, because, look, Kentucky got blown out by Georgia, but that was obviously on the road. Um, I think Alabama has a much better team, even with Jalen Key and uh, Deontay Lawson out. Uh, Alabama's done a good job of filling in for Lawson already with Campbell and, and uh, Marshall. So I, I think that they're going to be all right in that spot. But where I'm, where I'm really confident is, is Jalen Milrow, who all of a sudden now has turned up as one of the best quarterbacks in college football, which is amazing to me when you look at the list. People are even talking about him as a Heisman candidate, which I think is unbelievable. But the last game, uh, he finally looked healthy. You saw how he ran. So I just got a feeling that, that this team's not going to overlook Kentucky, and I think they're going to be all right. Why should Nick be tired? We turn the clocks back, and he got an extra hour worth of sleep, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I know. It's it's like dark at like five now. Uh, I, I, my um, people don't seem to care a whole lot about politics anymore, but everybody wants uh, Congress to change that rule with the uh, the turn back the clocks and just keep them the same all year round. I, I've, I've heard that consistently here over the last week. So, Mick, I think part of the uh, – I think we talked about it earlier this week too, the, the idea of a potential letdown, uh, not necessarily a trap game, but something like that because you're coming off a big game with LSU, right? And, and so now you're kind of looking ahead a little bit. Uh, and Kentucky, for and for legit reasons, I think has been pro- – propped up a little bit more than in, in past years. But I go back, and I, to your point, I go back and I look at that Mississippi State game. It's, I know it was a dominant win. It was 24-3, to but it's not like Kentucky did anything extraordinary. I mean, they were under 300 yards passing, or 300 yards total offense. Their third down conversion rate wasn't great. Um, now, they protected the ball, but there was only one turnover, so it's not like they benefited from a whole bunch of turnovers defensively. I Am I am I missing something here? It just seemed. I, I, I guess what I'm saying is, to your point, I don't understand why people think Kentucky, um, for lack of a better term, has a shot in this one. Yeah, I mean, and I feel like 11 is probably low in my book too. I mean, it's you know, if, if you're going over to Biloxi and you get 11, uh, if you're yeah. Alabama, I, I just think Alabama's ready and poised to take care of business. I mean, I I'd be really surprised if. After all that this team's been through this year and how they've progressively gotten better, if they lose, if they beat uh, Kentucky or they lose to Kentucky, but either way, if they don't cover that spread, I would really be surprised because I just feel like this team's at that point now where it's ready to dominate. I I wasn't impressed with Arnett's first year at Mississippi State. I don't think Mississippi State's impressed with him. You know, he came in and the uh, first thing he did was he dismantled the air raid and got rid of all the coaches that did the air raid. And that's what the team was built around, you know? I mean, and, and I know he didn't have Mike Leach anymore, you know, to, to run it. but um, And they just look like a really boring team in the conference. I mean, I, I would think that they're the most boring team to watch in the SEC this year. Uh, even including Vanderbilt. So I, I don't know. I don't put a lot of stock in that one either. Let me ask you this, and again, remind everybody, you're Alabama insider, so I don't know if you can remove yourself from being the Alabama fan that you are. 
But the, the hypothetical question, if somehow Georgia lost a game, maybe to Ole Miss, going into the SEC title game, and then if Alabama uh, goes and, and, and beats them, is it possible, and this came up during the uh, TV show on the college football playoff poll, could it be that if Texas runs the table that the SEC could be shut out in the Final Four? Could you see that possibly happening? Yeah, I definitely could. And, and I've thought about that and talked about that a lot uh, on the uh, the Bama Tailgate YouTube channel, uh, and I'm on there every day. And I and and what I think is that um, that the, the the SEC has a lot of competition this year. They're not quite. They they lost so many players to the NFL. It's taken a while for these teams to to gel. And then with the transfer portal, uh, the other teams are better. The other conferences. I could see a lot of scenarios where Alabama doesn't get in, or even Georgia if they lose. If Georgia loses, I think their chance of getting in is a lot, a lot thinner than Alabama's because they've played a weak schedule. Bama's got the eighth strength schedule. Uh, Georgia's finally playing some tough games now, um, and I think Alabama is going to beat them in Atlanta. I think they're going to end the streak. But that doesn't necessarily mean that Alabama's getting in. I see a lot of scenarios where Alabama wins out and they don't get in. And no one from the SEC gets in. Um, I mean, look at it right now. If, if Ohio State and Michigan are both undefeated, one of those teams is going in. Florida State wins out, they're going. Uh, if Washington wins out, they're going. And if it comes down to Texas and Alabama and Texas wins out, I mean, I it would be hard to keep Texas out when they beat Alabama. And, and that's really been what the debate is, and I get it. Bama's played a tougher schedule. They're in a better league. But they lost head-to-head. So, so there's no guarantee that Alabama's getting in. And I, I've never seen a season, and I guess this is the, you know, the furthest point we've ever had this many undefeated teams where you had so many teams at the top with you know, no losses or one loss. But this is what football is going to look like because what's, what's happening now is that the teams that are up there spending money on players and they're, they have a lot more depth. They're more complete teams. And then the rest of the league doesn't have money to spend on players and their roster isn't as good. So I'm guessing that as we move forward, you're going to see a lot more of this where teams are good up until the end. And, and then, you know, and kind of have like eventually I think it'll break off into you don't have a lot. Of, there's, a, there's a whole lot of teams that aren't good and then a group of teams that are good because they're going to be able to go out and poach all the best players with their NIL deals. Hey, we always appreciate it. Hey, uh, next time you talk to Jake, tell him that the guys on the opening kickoff want him to tell you the story about when he got dunked on by DeMarcus Cousins. It's a great story, uh, and he tells it a lot better than I could ever. Uh, tell folks how they can follow your coverage of all things Alabama as they get ready for Kentucky. Yeah, a couple places, guys. Uh, my YouTube channel is uh, Bama Tailgate. We've been killing it on there on YouTube. We do uh, the tailgate show from the floor Bama this Friday. We'll be there at 445 and then uh, wrap up at 7. And then Jake and I do a podcast uh, twice a week. Roll Tide Pods. It's called Elephant in the Room. That's a, another uh, YouTube channel. It's it's uh, disrupt the media. It's those guys in Birmingham, uh, the the um, the old roundtable guys. Uh, we work with them too. So, uh, Roll Tide. We got a lot of content. It's going to be another great weekend. And you guys uh, have a safe weekend. And we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good, man. Thank you very much. Speaking of, by the way, the Alabama 
uh, Kentucky game. We have the perfect spot for you to watch said game. That, of course, another edition of the Alabama WNSP Watch Party. That's right. We're going to be at the Outsider at the corner of Cedar and Dolphin Street. Got to come out. 11-8 kick. Guys, the Outsider has everything you need, man. They're going to have food and drink specials. We'll have T-shirts we're giving away. You'll have a chance in an Alabama jersey. Compliments of the vault. Got to be present to win, by the way. And if that's not enough, between the Alabama and the Auburn games, they're going to pull a winner for two Iron Bowl tickets. So there's no reason not to get out there. Plus, they got everything you need for the game, man. 22 TVs, right? You're going to get your beer specials. You're going to get your food specials. Get out to the outside. Corner of Cedar and Dolphin Street. We'll be out there. It's the WNSP Alabama Watch Party. Don't miss it. When we come back, uh, we'll see if we can catch up with our good friend Rick True. Jim Nagy, 8 o'clock. Lee just killing it on the guest list this week. Hours. Not hours, but a day after it was announced that uh, Senior Bowl and others can now invite underclassmen. We're going to talk to the executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl, get his take on that. Jake Crane's going to join us at 8.30 as well. We'll wrap up hour number one, ne- or excuse me, hour number two next right here. It's that whole time change thing that like, keeps getting me. It's Sports Radio 105.5 FM, WNSP and WNSP.com. Stay with us. Hi, this is Dan Jennings with the Washington Nationals, and you're listening to WNSP Sports Radio 105.5. Have you ever felt a southern night? Free as a Wrapping up uh, hour number two here on the opening kickoff. Mark Lee Bronner, all in the studios of WNSP. Good choice, Michael. That was a Michael Pickham. All right. Uh, we're going to talk to uh, my good friend Rick True, Bachelor Service. He's on the line with us right now. And no matter what, no ma- any conversation I ever have with Rick somehow, some way evolves into Old Miss. So before we tell you about the great service rate going on with Bachelor Service, the fact they've been in business well over 50 years, Rick, good morning. How are you today? I'm well, Lee. How are you guys? As big a fan as you are of Ole Miss, would you be surprised if they beat Georgia? No. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's, that's a pretty close – uh, hey, Rick, I got to tell you, you know the reason why Ole Miss keeps coming up in your conversations with Lee? I'll tell you, because he keeps asking you about it. Well, he, know, he knows that, uh, that you know, I'm a rebel through and through, so he figures he'll, he'll get me to say something, no, no telling what. Uh, <laughs> I, won't be, I won't be surprised, but, uh, you know, it's like Kiffin said, it's, how, it's a free shot with house money, and uh it's a pretty good place to be in uh a lot of people at the start of the year i I picked us to be 10 and 2 i figured we'd split with lsu and alabama and lose to georgia but the way we're playing i mean you know georgia's got to lose sometime and you can't keep winning forever i feel like it's either going to be this week or next week and i hope it's this week well you know they've only won 26 in a row and i think the record's 47 so they do have a ways to go 
All right. Yeah, but that's way back in Oklahoma or something. That's right. All right. Uh, Tell our listeners why your uh, $79 special is so advantageous to buy into and to get a hold of at Bachelor Service. What does it give you? Why is it important? Well, here, here's here's the really good thing about it. I, I, I feel like the the best value in in our whole industry is our uh, energy savings agreement, which is two tune-ups a year. Uh, and for customers that don't know us, they can, for $79, they can get one uh, the same tune-up as, as our uh, energy savings agreement customers get. So they can really find out what all we really do on a service uh uh, of units, you know, you a lot of people advertise these twenty five dollar this and that. And they don't do anything; they just kind of blow in there and they're gone in fifteen minutes. Our guys spend over an hour, and they're and on all of our people that do these maintenance things are trained just to do maintenance. They're not service techs that have to get stuck doing maintenance. And those guys, even though they're really good, they don't like doing maintenance, so they don't do a good job. Our maintenance people are—that's what they are. They're maintenance professionals, and it's just a—it's a completely thorough checking of the heating and air conditioning, both. Because in Mobile, you never know. You know, like today here, we are in the middle of November, and we're going to be running air conditioning. I think probably <laughs> over the weekend might be running heat. So, got to be ready for both in in this in this place. All right. You also, and we've talked about this, you offer plumbing services. I was curious, do you get a lot of calls for plumbing service? We're starting to. You know, we we rolled it out slowly just because, you know, uh, just to get our feet on the ground. But now, you know, we've got some good folks that we, you know, we feel real comfortable with sending them out to our customers' houses. So, yeah, we're starting to get uh, more and more uh, plumbing calls. All right, our team of the day is Bachelor Service, our man of the hey, day. One yes. Th- one thing, yes. Uh, just to let, let it, any uh, people that think about advertising, I just uh, I just signed up with your Monday team of the day to do some roof repairs here at Bachelor's, and that's how I, that's how the reason I called them because I, I heard them uh, listening to wow. your show. So, how about that? Heads up to that. Presley Roofing, thank you very much. I will uh, certainly pass it along to George and the fine folks over there. I, I love a big happy well, family. That's for sure because I, I, I signed his proposal yesterday. So I, t- <laughs> I told him uh, where it came from. Very cool. So we have two teams of the day combining. It's a super team. It is there a super. Right, a super day. We're going to get capes and everything. It's going to be great. Rick, if you, right. uh, Rick, if I can help you out Saturday, if you have trouble uh, getting the score of the Ole Miss Georgia game, give me a call. I'll take no, care I of it. I won't have any trouble getting the score. You just pull some of your magic powers for me, Lee. I'll do the best I can. Hey, man, thanks for uh, everything. We appreciate it. He's got another function. Yeah, I'll take care. Rick's got another function going on. He's got the biggest game of the year for Ole Miss and got a social event, but he'll have his little phone. I'm sure he'll be able to watch everything. But, again, the team of the day, Bachelor Service, and, hey, kudos to George Presley. Yeah, look at that. Uh, Presley Rufin getting what? it done. We don't usually do this. We don't usually come on and tell our you know clients, uh, you know, it's a good idea to be on the morning show, but you just heard one. Uh, a, an endorsement there from Rick to Presley, so it works. We're kind of like these high-powered college football programs that get accused of uh, of wrong, like like recru- like illegal recruiting. And what the truth is, the program just recruits itself now. The program just recruits itself. That's kind of where we are. We got Bronner back there getting a lot of love today. 
Aww. we got well not by us i'm just saying you're getting a lot of love well, I mean, I, you know it doesn't you know yeah. your parents and eden are in the app obviously today so that's great for you <laughs> uh we joke because we love yeah and and here it is this is and you know we we started out with the you know try a little kindness and and maybe it's worked a little bit but michael you only got one more hour of us because we're away tomorrow and monday i know it's a bummer see he's been a great us. four it's days love. though yeah we um so we'll, we'll obviously we'll be out at Baker for the Dr. Chris Romanek's high school game day, and then on Monday we're uh, our Monday morning quarterback takes us to Baumhauer's Victory Grill. And of course, Michael's going to be on the broadcast. We mentioned this. I don't think you've done any game this year. We've had six reporters that I used to have to do this when I was doing high school games in New Jersey, where we had like five reporters out, and then somehow weave them all in. You're going to be like a traffic cop doing the Baker Auburn game. Yeah, it's a lot of re- it's a lot of reporters. Let's go to this guy. Let's go to this guy. Hey, here's a here's a play. Let's get to this one. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's uh, like your your version of the red zone. That's right. Good point. How about that? Except there's an actual game broadcast going on as well instead of uh, just reports. So we'll see how it goes. I I think it'll be good. Michael, you being the NFL fan that you are, do you watch the red zone at all? I like red zone, but I also have six TVs going on at once. So I get I, a headache. I I'm got not, a headache doing that. I I like Red Zone. Like I'll watch Red Zone if there's like one game. If there's a particular game I want to watch, or like two or three particular games I want to watch, I'll put them on the big TVs. And then there's a couple of little monitors. It's a whole setup going on. Okay, for a non Chick Fil A, nothing's at stake. Ooh, let me jump on Just this one. Yes, <laughs> the, the the host is Scott Hansen, right? Uh, there's Scott Hansen and uh, there, there's another But Scott's another the one, one that's the main one. He's the one that usually does all the talking. Just say yes, Bronner. Yeah, yes. say yes. yes. Don't, don't argue agree with, with the me. guy. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, we got a lot on the line here. There's absolutely nothing on the line here. Let's that's just right. agree with him. Yeah. So what yeah. school did he attend? <laughs> I, th- I think I know this, uh, but I forget. I believe if – I hope I'm right on this. He was a punter at Syracuse. There you go. And I think about that because Pat McAfee, Mark, wasn't he a punter? And he's yes. got he's got a great gig going now. Some would disagree. The but other yes. guy was Andrew Siciliano, but I think uh, once Directv lost lost the rights, he uh, he uh, sadly passed. He's not dead. Yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> It's got real morbid real you quick. Know, when I started watching The Red that, Zone, right? and, I, and I used to watch a lot of it, I wondered, when does this guy get a break to go to the restroom? That's what you were wondering. Yeah. You just he, he sat there and that. you watched him. Did he look uncomfortable? Did he Was he was he kind of hopping around a little bit like he's, I got to go? He was or? on the air the entire seven hours. There's a bottle under the desk. Oh, thank you for that. It's the same thing. It's the same trick Lee uses when we're on location. He just kind of just throw a little bottle under there. Hey, guys. You've, I've never seen Lee. You've never seen Lee run. Unless we're on location and we go to a break, man's got to use the restroom. Like a Usain Bolt, man, just gone. I'd be like, where's Lee? And see him running across the field. It's pretty impressive, all those workouts. Paying off for you, Shervanian. It's the first thing we do. We check to see where the restroom is when we go on location. <laughs> we say He says we. He means him, but yes. Well, that was one of the issues 
you know, and I got into my 60s and 70s doing high school football because, <laughs> <laughs> let's forget it. I don't want to get into this. This is not a good discussion. What let's are you get talking back. about? We're getting to learn no, all sorts about no, no, league. No, no, no. Let's, let's, let's get back to some uh, real stuff. Yeah, let's talk Michigan. Oh, okay. Yes, that's what I was going to go. <laughs> I, so I, you, How you did I know that? You don't think you're not you're still not in favor of the Big Ten doing anything with Harbaugh, right? I'm in favor of us quitting talking about the story and never well, talking about it but again. Wait, you can't you can't just <laughs> you can't do that because it's such a huge story. I'll I'll be in favor of bringing it back up if and when something is actually Look, done. If this if this was Oh, I don't know, Miami of Ohio or something like that. You know, they weren't playing for anything. But you'd still be all over it. No, you'd be. This is a team that could be in the Final Four. You have to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, apparently, uh, if you believe Michigan, it was also Purdue and Ohio State and like four other schools in the Big Ten. I don't know. It's hard to follow. It's such a lazy, lazy defense. Everybody's doing it. And therefore, we shouldn't be punished. I mean, we've all tried it with the traffic cop, right? Uh, sorry, license and registration. Uh, what seems to be the problem, officer? Uh, I had you clocked at 72 and a 65. Well, did you see well, the guy in front of me? Yeah, what about, what about the, the three guys that passed me? I didn't see them, sir. Who among us has oh, to Oh, everybody that? was doing it? My bad. Have a nice day, sir. I'm sorry I pulled you over. Oh, come on. And that's just lazy. And anybody that says that as a defense, it's lazy. Mm. It's lazy. Hanson graduated Syracuse. He was a punter there. He was on the football team. Or a long snapper, rather. Not was he punter. the long snapper? Long snapper. Oh. All right. The executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl, Jim Nagy, kicks off our number three when we come back. We also got to get you qualified for the Alec Naming Catering Party with another round of Naming It. So another good hour coming up right here on the sports station, WNSP. This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station, 105.5 FM, WNSP, and on the Sound of Mobile app. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Hine, Lee Shervanian, and Michael Brawner. The opening kickoff. Here are Mark, Lee, and Michael. Indeed, here we are, the opening kickoff, hour number three on this Thursday. Appreciate you guys hanging with us. It's uh, It's been a fun one, obviously. Mark, Lee, and Bronner all in the studios of WNSP. One of the uh, major headlines that we've been talking about, the NFL issuing a release saying that juniors eligible can now participate in all-star bowl games, namely the, the Senior Bowl, and we're very privileged to have Jim Nagy joining us from the Reese's Senior Bowl, the executive director. Jim, thanks for taking time. Good morning. How are you today? I'm doing great. Good morning, guys. Right, my first question, were you aware this was coming down? In other words, were you given preliminary information? And I'm curious, after we find that out, how does this impact moving forward with this year's game? Uh, yeah, we've been in talks with the league office since August uh, about this, kind of back and forth, on and off since August. This is something the, the 32 teams have wanted for a long, long time. Um, and the league's always been hesitant um, because they didn't want a, you know, all-star invite to entice an underclassman to come out. They've never really wanted to upset the apple cart, uh, which is college football, kind of a free feeder system. But I think we're, where we're at now with college football with Portal and NIL, 
the junior numbers have been cut in half in the la- over the last four years from 2019 to now. Um, it was th- that number swelled up to like in the 140s in 2019, and we were down around 70 last year. Um, so I think everybody's at a place right now. That these juniors aren't coming out just because they get a senior bowl invite. And, and that's coming from the guy who, you know, sees more value in the game and promotes the game more than anybody. Um, that's not why these guys come out. They're coming out to, to play in the NFL. Um, so, yeah, but just to finish up your, your question, yes, we've known since August. Um, and our last con- conversation about it was Sunday. I actually write, reached out to them on Sunday um, telling them that we can't move forward with our invite process if we don't know this junior thing. Um, you know, we were all prepared to go on, on all the seniors, but we could not do that unless they made this ruling. So I don't know if that's, if that's what expedited their decision or not. Um, but yeah, that was our last communication was on Sunday and they told me they were going to push a memo in the middle of the week, which they did right in the middle of the week on Wednesday. So just to be clear for those just joining us, this is happening this season. Like this, this senior bowl will be the first where underclassmen are present. Correct. And and I will say this too. I mean, we've had juniors in the game for 10 years, so yeah. this isn't anything new. Everyone's Good making point. a big yeah. deal of what we're going to call ourselves now. Yeah. <laughs> we've had as many as we, we've had as many as 16 juniors in the game. That, that was a huge push um, when I got to the Senior Bowl six years ago was to, to get more juniors in the game. I think the, the most they'd ever had um, before six years ago was four, um, and we've really been active the last you know five, six years trying to identify these junior graduates. Um, and, and we've had a bunch of great ones in the game. I mean, it's really made an impact on our rosters, getting these guys that have graduated. So it's not real. Now it opens up to everybody, so obviously a bigger pool. But uh, juniors playing in the game isn't a new thing. Look, I, I'm only using this as an example, and, and obviously I, I, I wouldn't expect Caleb Williams. But that was a name that was thrown. You can expect to see a Caleb Williams type. Have you been evaluating juniors to this point? Because I know we often talk about this, that you pretty well define you know the seniors, and you have a lot on the watch list. But have you actually had your scouts out there looking at some of these juniors? Absolutely. Yeah, we have been all fall, so we're, we're prepared for this. Um, we, had, we had to be. Um, you know, if this were just sprung on us, we might not have been. But since we've, since we've known about the possibility of it, we had to be prepared. Um, you know, and we've also done a lot of homework the last couple of weeks with, with the NFL teams um, and gotten their list of, of who they think is going to come out. Because a lot of times these junior lists are coming from the schools. You know, the schools will give the scouts a heads up, like, hey, you, you, you better – you better watch tape on this guy. We need to talk about this guy because, you know, right now there's a good probability he's coming out. Um, so we've, we've gotten a bunch of lists from NFL teams of, of the guys they've evalu- evaluated. Um, and we've got some of, our, some, some of the new names that have popped up off our NFL calls. Um, we've got our staff watching right now. He's Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl. So do, will your numbers remain the same because the flip side of this, uh, as you know, Jim, is now there might be some seniors to year to year to fluctuate with numbers that may have ultimately been in the game or been invited to the game that maybe don't make that cut now. So do the numbers stay the same? And I guess you got to be a little bit more judicious about which seniors you take. And he didn't like the question. No, I'm kidding. Uh, we lost. Uh, we lost Jim. Let's see if we can get him back for a couple minutes here, because uh, obviously we have some questions. It's a big topic of conversation. Programming note for oh later in this gosh. hour. I, I'm stunned to be honest with you. I just got a, a call from I not call. I got a text that Bruce Pearl 
the Auburn basketball coach is going to join us in about 20 minutes. Okay. Well, we'll talk a little college hoops with Bruce Pearl coming up at 830. How about that? Yeah, and that was, you know, I asked Jim, I bet, was he expecting what happened? I was not expecting that today at all. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see if we can get uh, Jim Nagy back here. I think uh, Michael Brano working his uh, his magic there on the old telephone there. Well, and we'll that'll give me a chance. Uh, I was going to bring this up too with Jim even before all this other stuff happened. We have Jim back. Yeah. All right, let's get back to the conversation. Then we can get into the uh, Senior Bowl and their turkey giveaway after we finish talking yeah, about so the— uh, Jim, sorry about that. We, got, we lost you there. So my question was, uh, do the numbers for the number of guys you invite— remain the same and the flip side of this argument obviously is for every uh additional junior that you bring in there might be a guy that's a senior that may not get that opportunity uh the numbers will stay close to the same i mean we'll probably bring a few more guys down to mobile this year just because we've you know player attrition during the week has become a thing over the last three or four years um you know guys not making it to game day and that's not exclusive to us uh, you know, and, and again, it used to be guys that had a really good practice week that were going to be first and second round picks, um, that the agents, you know, didn't want to get hurt in the game, that kind of thing. And uh, we knew it was a problem last year when that issue started to pop up at some of the other lower all-star games where that are made up mostly of college free agents, guys that aren't even going to get drafted. We're pulling out a game. So we'll probably over-invite from where we've been by, by, by a handful of players. Uh, yeah, it'll certainly affect the senior numbers if we're bringing 30 or 40 juniors to the game, and that's that's probably the number we're we're looking at somewhere in that range. Uh, yeah, there's going to be some seniors cut out of it if we're trying to bring the best players. Offhand, and again, just throwing this out, and any uh, Alabama Auburn juniors that you you would <laughs> want to, you know, throw names out of possibilities. No, but I'm sure the listeners of both schools know exactly who those top juniors at those schools would be. So it, it does. It opens it up to to those guys. And what it does is create more star power around the Senior Bowl. I think it's a great thing. I mean, people have, have you know questioned it on social media the last you know 48 hours or 24 hours. I've been surprised by some uh, some of the reaction of the fans. Like, they love the small school element to the Senior Bowl. And we're really going to try to keep that. Um, like, if it's something where there's a small school guy that we feel really good about, um, like people have asked if, if Tyson Bajant from the Chicago Bears, would he be a thing anymore? Um, we're going to try to do that. If it's, uh, if it's a guy we, we feel strongly about, I, I really don't want the small school thing to go away. But the portal was kind of killing the small school thing anyway. Um, just over the last two years, our small school numbers have really taken a hit because all these guys are portaling up you know, to the group of five or, or power five level for their senior year. So, um, But, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's going to be a good thing. I mean, just – some of these juniors that could be in this game right now, the agent community, we've we've uh, done a lot of homework with those guys over the last week or so um, about what juniors they're on and which ones they'd want to send to Mobile. Because, again, there's going to be 15 or 20 juniors that agents don't think should come to the game and, and risk, you know, their first-round status. But, uh, but you know, there's so, some of the names that, that we've talked about with these agencies um, – are really, really big-time names that would, uh, you know, just boost the whole profile of the whole game. Hey, Jim, I I think for years we kind of talked about this was coming at some point. It's just kind of the natural evolution of this this whole dynamic that we've created in college athletics. Do you you have any feeling as to why now as opposed to, you know, two years ago or two years from now? Was there anything specific that kind of sparked this this change in protocol? Specific to this year, Mark, but I'm telling you, it's been it's been talked about for a long time. Yeah, the yeah. Teams have been pushing this for for a long, long time. Um, so again, why this year? I mean, I 
when they called in August, I, I didn't feel like that was enough runway to get this done. You know, like my my thought was maybe try to roll it out next year and start greasing the skids a little bit in the springtime. Um, I don't know. The thought was, I mean, college coaches probably aren't going to be thrilled with it, but they wouldn't have been thrilled with it whenever we roll it out. Sure. But again, I've, I've talked to a couple of head coaches over the last uh, 24 hours. I was at Kansas yesterday with Lance Leopold. I was at, uh, you know, Kansas State with Chris Kleiman. I was texting with uh, Jason Candle, the head coach at Toledo this morning about it, and they get it. They're really, they're really not that upset. I thought they might be upset. They, they understand where college football is at right now, and and really, they have much bigger fish to fry with with NIL and Portal than they do, you know, maybe losing a couple of juniors, you know, because they're because it's an All Star game, and they know that they're not coming out because of the All Star game. This is this isn't why juniors are leaving. Help me out on the timeline. I know there's a like a, a set date where juniors have to notify that they're going to, uh, you know, apply for the NFL draft. It's sometime in January. Will you know beforehand, because you obviously put your roster together, most of that roster is pretty well set, you know, in January. Is there going to be kind of a conflicting timeline with this? Well, they've moved, that, they've moved the date, uh, Lee. It's going to be, there's going to be two dates. There's going to be another one uh, in the middle of December. So for these guys to uh, declare after the regular season is over. So they did move that up, and that, they had to do that. There's no way... You know, when we first started talking about this, uh, my thing to them was, you know, you're going to have to move the date. And they said, why? I said, well, you can't wait until we, we can't wait until January yeah. 17th <laughs> to add juniors to our roster. Like that, that's not going to happen. I mean, for no other reason, the travel costs associated with that, you know, with, with late with late airport, airfare and then, you know, ordering Nike jerseys sounded like the minutia of that. Like we got to get jerseys made months in advance. Um, you know, we, we got to get the rosters to, to Nike, you know, sometime in early December. So. Um, there's a lot of issues. So, yeah, they changed that date. And, uh, you know, a lot of it is just doing legwork through the aging community, which we've had to do the last few years on these junior graduates. I mean, that's, that's kind of how that's worked over the years is when Daniel Jones was coming out, um, I had that conversation with his, with his representation. And, again, let's not, let's not pretend. I mean, these guys, now, now it's legal. They can all have agents now. They all have agents for NIL. I mean, you go to these football buildings all over America, there's agents everywhere. Um, so it's a whole new landscape. And so those conversations have to take place. Like with Daniel, it's like, okay, you know, is Daniel going to leave this year? Yes, he is. Well, does he want to play in the Senior Bowl? Yes, he does. Okay, we'll save a roster spot for him. You know, so, so when he did declare in, in January, we were locked in with Daniel Jones. So um, that's probably how this thing's going to have to proceed as, as we move forward the next couple of weeks. Jim, a lot of things going on with the Senior Bowl. First of all, talk about the uh, turkey giveaway that's coming up uh, this month. Yeah, it's our fourth annual Turkey Bowl. Um, really one of our favorite things we do all year. It's just a, a great opportunity for us to give back on a lot of different levels in the community. So we do. We will do the uh, turkey handoff on Sunday. Um, the date. Um, <laughs> you're catching me off guard. I just got off a plane last night after midnight. Um, but it's the Sunday November before Thanksgiving. Yeah, so November a week, 19th. A week, a week from this Sunday. A week from this Sunday at Hancock Whitney, we'll be doing uh, first come first serve at one o'clock uh, with Blue Cross Blue Shield and Feeding the Gulf Coast. Our partners this year will be giving out a thousand turkeys and box meals, starting at one a week from Sunday, um, and then we'll have the Park Leagues and our Flag League champions playing inside the Big Boy Stadium at Hancock Whitney. So, giving those young kids a, a really cool memory, cool opportunity to play where where the Senior Bowl players play and where the Jags play. Um, and then the third level of that is we're honoring our, our fourth annual Senior Bowl Future Prospect Team, which is all the guys in the two-county area that are getting FBS scholarship offers. And I want to say that number is over 20 this year. It's a big class. 
um, like Chris Abrams Drain, uh, who's a corner from Missouri who played yeah. in Spanish Fort, was on our first team. He, there's a good chance that Chris Abrams Drain is going to be the first future prospect that actually becomes a real prospect and gets a senior bowl invite here shortly. So, um, so yeah, it's a really fun day. It, it's just all about giving back to the community and and uh, what a, what a better you know no better time than Thanksgiving. All right, that date is November 19th that we're talking about now with the turkey giveaway. Uh, tickets available for the senior bowl now. They are they are available and uh, they are online. It's real easy. Just go on seniorbowl.com. You can get your e-ticket. You don't have to wait for a printed ticket, a paper ticket. Uh, we got out of the Stone Ages a couple of years ago, so you can get your e-ticket on your phone and head to the game. And it, it is going to be again. This is going to be the most talented Senior Bowl ever that we've ever had with this new junior thing. And it was it was going to be anyway with all the the redshirt juniors that were going to be available to us because of the COVID year thing. So, um, and then we're going to have a, a special celebration with the 75th anniversary team at halftime. So, um, and we'll be announcing that team next week. So a lot of big news coming out, a lot of exciting stuff going on. So yeah, get your tickets now. We're hoping to get that sellout before January. Uh, Jim, real quickly, got some questions from some of our listeners real quick about a couple guys, Carter Bradley, Riley Leonard thoughts on those two specifically. Well, Riley, I think will go back to school. Everything I'm hearing, he's he's not entertaining coming out, um, mm-hmm. and that's that's pretty recent. But again, that's not my business. But I think he's coming back. And Carter Bradley, hope he gets back on the field for the Jags. Um, you know, the young guy played pretty good against Troy, but they need Carter out there. So, uh, yeah, Carter. I mean, it's a really deep quarterback class. I'll say that, Carter. But but in my opinion, Carter's the best quarterback in South history. Yeah. Hey, great stuff, Jim. No, it's an exciting time for you guys over there. We really do appreciate you coming on here uh, the, the day after the big news hit. I know there's a lot of interest in it. So uh, we'll be in touch for sure. Thank you, man. Okay. All right, guys. That's uh, Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl. Uh, when we come back, uh, you'll have a chance to get qualified for the Alec Naiman catering party. Are we doing that now? Are we yes. still doing that? We're still doing that. Uh, I think we got to kill your uh, beloved scoreboard, though. It'll die a slow, slow death. All right. Well, we'll tape it and run it at 9.05 this morning. Then how's that? We could do that. All right. Uh, and then, as you pointed out, Auburn Bruce coach Pearl. Bruce Pearl scheduled to join us at 8.30. A little development there. Uh, so, uh Plenty left here on a animated and exciting edition of the opening kickoff. Stay with us. Hey, this is Stuart Sink for the PGA Tour. You're listening to WNFB Sports Radio and Mobile. Come on, everybody. Here we go, 823. Coming up in our next segment, Auburn basketball coach Bruce Pearl expected to join us. But now you get a chance to qualify for the Alec Naiman catering party with another edition of Naiman It. That's right, we're going to play an audio file. Be the first one to identify the person, place, or thing in the file and get to Bronner before anybody else, and you will be the latest to qualify. Hey, DJ, spin that stuff. All right. <laughs> I've been liking these extended versions. Yeah. All right. If you have any idea what that is, Lee, you got any idea? Absolutely not. Yeah. Okay. Really? Let's just, well, it's easy when you have the answer. That's the whole point. Like when we played reverse password, that's what made that game fun. Everybody knew the answer, and they're like, come on, Lee, come on. But Lee had no idea, and it's kind of the same thing. All right. 
Here we go. Rack as many as you can. Let's get through these. All right, caller. Welcome to WNSP. What was that? Uh, sliding some folders. That is incorrect. Go ahead, caller. Give it a shot. Uh, turning a page? I think we accept. I look to the judges. We go to the instant re replay. Yes. Yes, it is a catch. They are calling it a catch. That is a that is a legal touchdown. Congratulations. We were looking for book. I think that worked. Yes, it was it was the turning of a book. Who are we talking to? Michael. Michael, well done, sir. Uh, stay on the line. The other Michael, uh, the the lesser successful Michael, will get your information. Oh. Lee, that was a book. I know you wouldn't understand that as you sit there with your iPad, but books are these things that have. It, it, they were made of paper, bound See, paper. Are you kidding you me? You you know this for a fact that I read books every day when I work out. No, we're not talking about tablets, the stone tablets that they used to put history on. We're talking about these things that. Exactly. Oh. When I work out, I have these. Uh, I read books all the time. Man can't take a I joke. I know, but I'm just telling you. I want I want to put the record on that uh, I actually do <laughs> read quite a few books based on. You know, like say my they work out. It's the only time I can read. I can't read just sitting down. I have to be working out to read, which I know catches a lot of people by surprise. And and for clarification, just because I see you were less successful doesn't mean that you're not successful, Michael. He was just the big winner right there. So, yeah, well, <laughs> good comeback. No one knows. Well, no one, yeah, well. no one knows what I'm capable of, <laughs> Michael. I'm gonna do big things. <laughs> right. Give him your resume. Tell him why you've been very successful. Uh Ah, uh, well, uh... You see, what had happened was... Bruce Pearl's gonna call in a couple minutes. Yeah, he's calling me, yeah! He's calling me, and... I don't know. Auburn... Yeah. You haven't said anything. Like you're just feeding around the bush. What do you mean? Uh... I understood what you were doing. Yeah, Mark I got, got it. it. He's killing time. No, not at all. If, if, if we want to do that, we'll just talk about the, you know... We haven't gotten a f we only got a reference from the 60s, no 1950s reference. I've been putting in the promo that we're going to get 1950s references and you've turned me into a liar. Do you liar. know Dan Patrick does that all the time? Does it doesn't bother you, does it? I don't hear it all the time. Oh, you don't? I do. What he said with this day in sports? Oh, no, no, a lot of times he'll talk about when he interviewed somebody back in the f 70s, 80s or something like that. Uh, yesterday, I'm trying to remember who the athlete was that he covered back when. Oh, he was bringing up Connie Hawkins. You, you don't? Do you know Connie Hawkins? He was bringing up school schoolyard. The, the difference today. This would this would apply to you too, I think, because yeah. you like basketball. The fact that in this day and age, you don't play outdoors; you play indoors. But back when you know he was follow, he'd read, he'd read about Rick Mount. At Purdue, these these high school legends who who wound up being really good basketball players in in college, and how he enjoyed you know reading their exploits and Street and Smith. You don't even does anybody even know about Street and Smith magazine? I do. I'm a, I'm familiar with Street and Smith. And, and speaking about basketball, we talked about this. There is a kid who's seven feet six, supposed to be the world's tallest teenager, playing for IMG Academy, who is uh, going to attend Florida on basketball. Hmm. Okay. Alabama's going to expose him in the post. Oh, well, not this year. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next year. 
You know, that's a, that that was an issue too that Patrick was talking about about the uh, number one overall number one pick, Wambiana, and all the the fanfare. His first game at M- MSG, he was so excited about playing there. You know, the the mecca of basketball. If you still want to subscribe to that, but boy, he got they all got off to a bad start. Knicks ran out. To, I was watching this game. Ran out to like a. 13-point lead, 13 nothing, or something like that. He only wound up with 14 points. But you know what? When you're young and on a team that has very little experience, some games are good, some aren't. You know, have his ups and downs with the Spurs, but eventually I think he'll turn out to be pretty good. Ladies and gentlemen, when we return, the head basketball coach at Auburn is expected to join us. Bruce Pearl will be with us when we return on the opening kickoff right here on the sports station WNSP. great respect for him for, for many years now and knew him out of high school and he's a, he's a great leader and um, they've kind of gone back to playing um, like they did last year offensively it appears so um, and they seem much more confident. 8.32, thanks for making us part of your morning. It's the opening kickoff. Mark Lee and Bronner, we're all in the studios of WNSP. All right, you heard from Hugh Freeze, the Auburn uh, football coach. They're getting ready to take on Arkansas this coming Saturday at 3. We are really privileged now to have the rock star among basketball coaches, one of my favorites. Bruce Pearl is on the line. Coach, good morning. Thank you for joining us. How are you today? I'm doing finely. Good, good to be with you and Mark. When did you get back from uh, Sioux Falls? <laughs> Got back about three o'clock in the morning. Uh, <laughs> I guess it was. Uh, I guess it was yesterday. <laughs> I was watching that game. Is there? I've never watched a game before in South Dakota. What was the atmosphere like? Was there a big, big? It seemed like there was a big turnout, especially Auburn fans. Yeah, it was really good. It was. A, it was a really nice turnout, and. Um, uh, you know, you're out there in South Dakota. You got to do things to, uh, you know, bring uh, the world to you a little bit. And so they've got a really nice G League team that's affiliated with the Miami Heat that play there on a regular basis. And so they get a nice local attendance. And you know, the, the Miami Heat had a team last year that went all the way to finals, and several players that had played in South and Sioux Falls had played in the in the finals. So. Um, this was a, you know, a, another just a college basketball event organized by Complete Sports Marketing. But we knew that playing on this election day uh, when the NBA would not be playing, um, that uh, and it was not an election held, obviously, in Alabama, um, we knew that we would get a chance to get this thing on ESPN. And so it did. It was nationally televised. And, you know, we played well um, for a certain period of time and certainly offensively to score 82 points. And, Look, you know, look pretty good doing it, but but obviously defensively giving up 88 and 54 in the second half and and fouling way too much. Um, you know, we're we're we're, we're challenging. So I'm dis- I'm actually very disappointed, Lee, and and feel like it was a missed opportunity, knowing we we we've got to have to improve in some areas, or or we'll score lots of points and lose lots of games. Bruce Pearl, our guest here on WNSP, uh, Coach, loved your response uh, after the game. You, you were mentioning people were asking you, why did you take the game? Why do you go out to South Dakota? I thought it was a great response and, 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 and a real a realistic one, which is you're, you and other programs, you're constantly trying to stay relevant in this evolving world of college basketball. Yep, no doubt. I mean, how do you keep uh, – if Auburn has been uh, ranked in the top ten five out of the last six years, and, of course, we go into this season – 
nine of the top 25 for the first time in a long time. Uh, the opportunity was to win that game and get ranked right away. Now, we won that game and lost the game, but played well. And so from a number standpoint, it won't hurt us uh, on Selection Sunday too much because it was a competitive game against a team that's you know, going to be a, a top five seed in the NCAA tournament. But, yes, those are the things that I have to do at Auburn uh, to keep us relevant. That's why we ha- we're playing Indiana and Atlanta. You know, that's why we're playing uh, you know, Virginia Tech and USC at home. That's why we're going to Brooklyn to play Notre Dame uh, in New York, which you just don't do because they'll have more fans for Notre Dame in New York than they will in South Penn. But you do that just to be able to keep us um, as a top 25 program. Coach, uh, you jumped ahead of where I wanted to go, and I'll get back to my question, but you mentioned Southern Cal. I was reading, I think we're going to find out, what, later in November, whether Bronny James will be traveling with Southern Cal and be able to play after that unfortunate the cardiac arrest that he suffered a while back? Yeah, no, it'd be, it'd be interesting uh, on that day, you know, whether or not Bronny's able to play. Boy, they, got, uh, they might have the number one player in next year's N- NBA draft in Isaiah Collier. And um, uh, um, he's a he was the number one point guard in the country coming out, and he is a absolute monster going downhill. And um, yeah, Bronny, obviously we we wish him well, and and and, and we hope that he gets his health back and and uh, and is able to play. Um, and uh, maybe 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 LeBron James will be in the house. We'll see. Hey. I think that's December 19th. Yeah, that's it's going to be a really cool, cool experience for your guys. Uh, speaking of really cool, man, Aiden Holloway, I I think it, to, to say it would be a baptism by fire would be an understatement, but dude came out in flying colors literally the first time uh, he got a taste of college basketball because he was unavailable against AUM, right? Yeah, no, it was you're right, right. It really was. Um, uh, I was, um, I think, rightfully concerned about where Aiden would be just in the first game, not, not offensively. Like he's got special. Um, it's just that he, he turns his ankle a couple of Sundays ago, doesn't play in the first exhibition and, and, and really doesn't have any, any live fire uh, uh, going into the season. Uh, and then his first game is Baylor. Um, and, and he played very well offensively, you know, defensively, um, we got work to do, and, and, and he obviously has, has challenges because, you know, he's an undersized guard, and uh, teams are going to line uh, those guys up and drive them to the basket, and he's got to more than ever be able to compete to keep people in front. All right. Uh, I, I think you can comment on this. I know you can't comment on kids that commit, but we just got a release this morning. Speaking about undersized guards, Tahid Pettiford out of New Jersey, a five-star guard, and she listed at 5'10", but he's signed now with the Auburn Tigers to play next year? Yes, Todd has signed. And, um, you know, I, I've got to I, – I, you know what? I should have confirmed before our talk this morning. I believe that I saw something that he did. I'm not really certain. So let me hold off comment All right, you don't have to just but, now. But this came out of the yeah, – uh, I, I, yeah. This came out of Auburn, the, the uh, Sports Information Office. So, and, and right. again, I know we're in the did early sign. And, and, and did it have a comment from me? Yes. Already? Yes. Uh, said he's a very he, unique yeah. player. and But I, I think that's great. You get it. Because to me, college basketball, you got to have those guards. Say that again, Lee. I say you get it. Because you got to have those guards. You got to have a point guard, I think, to go far. And you got one this year in Aiden Holloway. And now you got one coming in next year. 
Yeah, you know, it's it's uh, you know, stay on this year. I'm double checking here with my staff to make sure that I can't comment. But um, um, yeah, we we've got between Trey Donaldson and 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 Aiden Holloway. We're that's the one position that we're young at. Um, and and both those guys are, are, are have really worked hard. They've been really good leaders. They can both really shoot the basketball and 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 lead our team. And um, you know, the, I, I can't comment about Ty because we do have his letter returned. Um, he's actually not a point guard, Lee. He's actually a, a scoring guard at five ten. Um, but he is an absolute crazy athlete. Um, I mean, he, he he will be a dunking highlight machine at five ten. Um, he has unbelievable <laughs> range to shoot the ball, and uh, um, he's uh, so he's more of a scorer. And um, um, and 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 uh, that that's very very unusual to have somebody that would be playing. He'll play at least three quarters of the time for me off the ball. Wow. Hey, uh, Bruce Pearl, our guest here for another few minutes right here on the sports station WNSP. Uh, I know you, you, you pointed to the defense and giving up that many points, but what I love about your defense, Bruce, is, man, they're athletic as hell, and, and you certainly aren't shy about going to that bench. You guys are deep. Yeah, we are deep, and, and that's why full-court pressure yeah. uh, you know, can be a factor. Uh, that, that, that's why we really should have won the game the last four minutes because we should have been fresh enough to turn up the pressure and and win the game and um you know so and i do think that turning people over um has got to be got to be a factor you know for us um and create some offense for our defense um and 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 again we're working on it we definitely are evolving and and it listen it's good to see that at this point we're able to be competitive with it with a really good team um but the question is from this point where are we going from here you know, how are we going to grow? How are we going to develop? How are we going to evolve? How are we going to change? How are we going to adjust to new rule changes and, uh, and, and grow? And that's, 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 uh, that's, what, that's what we're doing Friday night in Neville Arena. Believe it or not, guys, there are actually a couple hundred tickets available for the game Friday night uh, here in Neville. That rarely happens. It's one of yeah. the few non-conference games we have left on the schedule. So we encourage people to come out there. Go online right now. Buy your tickets coming up for the weekend. You mean you're not going to have that student body line about a mile outside? I've been to Auburn games. <laughs> that, that, that line snakes all the way out there. My gosh. Hey, I wanted to ask you something. Yeah. And this, you can blow your own horn on this. When you look at your roster, you look at guys like Chris Moore. You look at guys like um, K.D. Johnson and Cardwell and also Jalen Williams. They didn't have to come back, but they keep coming back. These guys have been with you for a while. I know you've brought in some youth and so forth, but I was amazed at how many that you've kept in this program for three and four years now. Well, I think it's the culture. Um, it's the it's uh, it's it's a locker room more than anything. It's these guys loving Auburn. It's Auburn family. It's trying to be Auburn men. Um, this is a hard place to leave. You know, coaches have come here over the years and never wanted to leave. That's very rare. You guys know this. Auburn is an amazing community. It's an amazing university. I wish there were more places on this earth and more college campuses like this, teaching the truth, um, not being able to not be afraid to pray before a game and before a meal. Um, you know, God is in the Auburn Creed, um, and I think those things make a difference. And um, um, uh, and so, anyways, I'm uh, Jalen Williams when he wins his when we win our next game. And hopefully it's going to be this Friday night. Um, Jalen Williams will be the all-time winningest 
player in Auburn basketball history, and he's and he's just now entering the season. So pretty pretty impressive stuff. I think the very impressive to me is Katie Johnson because I believe when he was at Georgia, he was like a starter. But like last year, he was coming off the bench because you were deep in guards. And I think in your first game this year, he came off the bench. So there must be something about the program that he likes that he's sticking around. Well, you know what? He's going to work working towards his degree. Um, you know, uh, we you know we've been to the NCAA tournament. You know, back to back years with KD. Um, you know, and um, and 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 we, yes, we have good depth. And uh, right now, Denver Jones uh, from Huntsville, who transferred him from Florida International, has been you know has been more consistent. Um, but you know, they KD gives us a tremendous dimension defensively, and and he can really get to the rim and go score. And and so, um, you know, together again. Once again, at the position, we're going to put a good player out there on the floor. A lot of coaches, and Mark and I had this conversation, like to go with seven or eight players. You're going with, I think, ten. So in your mind, do you go into a game saying, well, you're going to play a certain amount of minutes, and I'm going to make sure I get Cardwell in there for Broom or, or with yeah. your guards? Absolutely, Lee. Absolutely, 100%. I just think that, you know, it's a long season. I think playing ten double-digit minutes creates a, a, a happier locker room. More guys are involved. They all want to play more, um, but the way we play and the, and the effort, energy that is required to play the way we play, um, you know, uh, hopefully guys don't take possessions off, and um, and we'll play hard. Um, and when we are when we are successful, they as individuals will benefit far more than if they're as an individual successful, but the team fails. The team was must be successful for us to be rewarded, and. Um, and they know that, and so they buy into that. We recruit that way, and so guys can, you know, guys um, who people question whether their motor will run or how hard they'll play or whatever. There's no question when they step on the floor for me, they, they're going to play that way or they won't play, and uh, that helps us get guys drafted at the next level. He's Bruce Pearl, man, and and I would say not only that, but your student assistants and your managers get run through it too, man. I got a kick out of that video. Uh, when you're, you know, when your basketball career comes to an end, is Hollywood calling? No, it's not. And, and give Steven Leonard our, our social media and, and, and I'm not exactly sure how to label his position, but man, some of that stuff is so interesting. And, and I appreciate what he does because, you know, he's able to communicate to uh, our fan base, through our modern basketball, you know, Facebook and, and Instagram yeah. and, and Twitter accounts, man, that stuff was so, so the, the skin of the managers and any yeah. one for Halloween, <laughs> that was just, I mean, it was really, really good stuff. So, no, he's the one with the future, not me. Bruce, we'll close with this. I think our, our listeners would like to know, going into the season, where you stacked up Auburn in connection with the rest of the SEC? I think Tennessee was picked as, like, the favorite. You know how that goes. It's early. Lots yeah, of sure. changes. I, going into the season, where, where, did, where would you have placed Auburn among the uh, powers in the SEC? Yeah, about where we're picked, uh, kind of. This is sort of it. I think right now Tennessee and Arkansas, Kentucky, Texas A and Alabama have been pretty much in everybody's top five. And then I would put us between, say, five. Uh, we're picked sixth or seventh in most places. Um, I like, you know, Florida um, is, 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 I think, going to have a, a really good year under my former assistant, Todd Golden. Um, and, and, and those would be so seven schools right there. That would be uh, the top half. Now, I'm just telling you guys, um, that's, that's seven teams I just picked right there. You're looking at Georgia's much better. 
uh, uh, Missouri's better. Uh, Ole Miss is better. Mississippi State is good again. Um, you know, the league is uh, <laughs> the league is going to be something. Um, and so, being in the upper half of our league this year uh, will be will be uh, an accomplishment for for anybody that's up there. Coach, always appreciate your time, man. You're so good with it. We really do enjoy having you on. Uh, we wish you the best of luck. Hey, man, get some rest too, huh? It's a long season. Yeah. I'm going to rest when the Lord takes me. Right now, we got work to do. <laughs> yes, sir. Thanks for the time. Let's do it again soon. Appreciate it. Okay. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you, Lee. War Eagle. That's uh, Auburn basketball coach Bruce Pearl right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. One final segment. We'll wrap things up on a Thursday edition. We'll let you uh, let you know what's coming up tomorrow as well. So stay with us. Plenty left. It's the opening kickoff. Hey, this is Dabo Sweeney, and you're listening to WNSP 105.5. All right, 851, a special thanks to Auburn basketball coach Bruce Pearl for joining us here on WNSP, which leads me to my next uh, um, topic, which, of course, is the Rolling Tigers Booster Club uh, bash coming up here on December 6th right here in Mobile at St. Dominic's Murphy Center. It's going to be DJed by our own Matt McCoy. I mean, I can't think of a a better a better DJ. He's all over the place. He, he was, he was emceeing an event my wife was at last night. Yeah. This guy never takes a break. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Well, go ahead. He is tomorrow, <laughs> but we'll get to that in a second. All right. So uh, this is a great event. It's the 11th annual. Guys, this, this booster club has raised more than $150,000 over the years for wheelchair sports at Auburn University. The the club was inspired by Mobile native Dr. Jared Rim. He was born with spina bifida and became the first wheelchair athlete to compete for Auburn University. So this is a big, uh, big event. There's a $10,000 drawdown. There's only 300 tickets sold for this bad boy. And so the chances of you winning and walking out with the 10000 that's pretty good. Uh, they've got a great catering spread for you. And the silent auction is second to none. Uh, we've talked about it. Remember the movie The Natural? They have a jersey signed by Robert Redford. The Knights jersey that he wore. How cool is that? That in and of itself is worth admission. But they have a number of uh, sports memorabilia. Hugh Freeze, Signatures, Carnell Williams, Tank Bigsby, Bruce Pearl we just mentioned, Butch Thompson, you name it, Najee Harris. There's more coming in. If you have any um, questions, if you need tickets, if you want to donate to the silent auction, call Dr. Mike Rim, 232-4753. That's 232 232- 4753. It's the 11th annual Rolling Tigers Booster Club Bash set for December 6th right here at St. Dominic's Murphy Center. Make sure you jump on it because those tickets will get sold out. All right. Uh, tomorrow, uh, I mentioned Matt McCoy. He's going to take the day off because, well, at least with us, because uh, we're headed to the Dr. Christopher Mullinex High School game day at Baker High School. Yes. Uh, we'll be talking to uh, the head coach, some players. Uh, also basketball 
Uh, Dave Armstrong and the, the women's basketball coach will be joining us. And, of course, we'll be covering the, the games that will take place on Saturday, uh, namely Alabama, Kentucky, namely Auburn and Arkansas, and namely Old Miss and Georgia. We'll be conversing about that also. So it'll be our second time out there. We always enjoy going out there. Uh, Steve Norman such a great guy to, to be joined with us as we'll be broadcasting. Now, I'm not going to, you know, don't don't be looking for Air Sports One right now. It's it's still it's being, sick. It's under the weather. Yeah, it is. It we and we admit that we overdid it. Maybe we we took it out more times than we've ever done before. This will be our 18th game day of the season. Of the season. How awesome is a that? A new record. A new record. You know the the NFL's bragging about 10 rookie quarterbacks. Well, we're we're bragging. We're, this is our 18th trip. Obviously, Air Sports One was not in shape. Can we uh, can we get to 20? Yes, we can get to 20. Will we get to 20? Though? That's another question, but we can get there because we, we have the possibility of three more, including tomorrow. But obviously, I, it, Air Sports 1 wasn't prepared that, for this. But that's on us as coaches for not having our guy prepared. Yeah. We, I mean, we take the blame for that. I mean, we have to go back, reexamine the process, the, the, the preseason conditioning, uh, and, and maybe load management. Do we need to look at load management? Yeah. Do we need to bring in a free agent to, to help? To yeah, help in other words, that. like take a break during the regular season. And, yeah. You know, you you know, know, maybe he comes out for half a show. <laughs> <laughs> I have no answer for that. Or maybe. Half a show. <laughs> so what? So we're left standing there on the road and yeah. they take the vehicle away from us? Yeah. Look, look, these athletes today, they're pampered. Air Sports One. I mean, he's now he's now Air Sports One is, is is complaining about NIL deals and how we don't get him enough NIL deals. So look, that's the evolution. That's where we are in in, in sports today. And so, Air Sports One is is working to get back. Uh, we were trying to get him ready for the playoffs. Um, and you know, I'm and we're now, hoping that we can get through the first round in advance. Michael, so do you have an ready. answer for this? Because you drive Air Sports One, why couldn't you keep Air Sports One in good shape? Don't you dare look at me on this. <laughs> I, I refuse to take the blame here. I just drive the thing sometimes and don't drive it well. As for anything else, I don't know. All right. So I, uh, I absolve myself of we, any and all responsibility of it wish not working. We do the um, Air Sports One a speedy recovery. Uh, we won't know. Uh, <laughs> we won't know more until doctors come back with the I'm MRI results. So does Air Sports One get vacation time, or they're injured on the job? Uh, no, I you know, Air Sports One is under contract, uh, so uh, we're on the hook. We're on the hook. But we now, will be if there. We trade Air Sports One. Oh, a trade. Yeah, maybe we trade Air. I'm not. I'm not. What do I we don't, don't want to start that speculation because his agent's going to call us. It's going to get messy. What do we trade for? I don't know. Working vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, here's the problem. They haven't exactly defined what the issue we're is. We're going for a second opinion. We're going for a second yeah, opinion. Actually, a third opinion now. Yeah. We're, we're, we will not stop until we get the answer that we're looking for. Now, it's in all seriousness, we're looking forward to going out to, to Baker. And it's been really cool that we've been able to go out to so many different schools. You know, we say 18, but it's been 18 different schools. Uh, I know in the playoffs we start doubling up, which is kind of what we do, and that's kind of what you have to do. But – to be doing it for as long as we've been doing that type of show and to be able to continue 
to uh, improve or advance in the way in which we do it. It's been really neat. So our pro football fanatic, Michael, do you uh, watch tonight's biggie between uh, oh. the Panthers and the Bears? <laughs> uh, see, uh, people, a lot of people have complained about the bad primetime games. Having switched to the morning show this season, I've kind of enjoyed it because it allows me to, to go to bed early. I don't know. I might want. I might watch the first half. See how Bryce Young's did, doing. Did you but. see Al Michaels uh, went on record defending himself? People have been uh, accusing is, him, uh, abusing him for his uh, broadcasting. I don't even blame him. I mean, but he. It's time for Al Michaels to hang it up. Unfortunately. Wow. I hate to hear Try what he a little to s- kindness. He yeah. used There's, to be my if favorite. If you're saying that about Al, what's he saying about Lee? <laughs> we'll find out tomorrow. <laughs> see ya. Yeah.